Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, it's hooray for Hollywood indeed, ladies and gentlemen. It is a Hollywood day here on Monday, June 17th, 2019, ladies and gentlemen. Six episodes away from episode number 200 at episode 194, 1605-5620444, the caller ID, one three ten four four pound You can join us right now, as always, of course. Join us live from Front Royal Virginia, ladies and gentlemen, however, with the director's cap, ladies and gentlemen, and the megaphone, the ready all action, roll them, and um, is the human suplex machine, the one and only... Mr. John Gross, as we welcome him here this afternoon to once again Raw Radio at number 194. John, welcome. Good And, of course, we've got a lot to talk about this afternoon. Thank you very much, John. Of course, we'll be expecting the Rouse Think and Al Patel here this afternoon. We'll be expecting the rest of the panel way too tough to handle. Between Mr. W7 Chad Hinshaw, and, of course, uh, the uh, one and only GPS, Dorothy Smith, King NWO, as well as the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dawes. Of course, our good friend, the Heartbreak Kid, will not be joining us due to circumstances this week, however, once again. But he did send his regards, Howard. He will be back in the saddle with us hopefully next week, ladies and gentlemen, for our final show of the month of June, ladies and gentlemen. But we've got so much to talk about. We're ready to go. We're ready to tell you what's going on here and now. Of course, speaking of Hollywood, of course, this is where Monday Night Raw is tonight, ladies and gentlemen. The Staples Center in the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California, if you will. And that is where we're at right now, ladies and gentlemen, on a somewhat cloudy, muggy, let's just say humid day here in Southern California. But, John, the story here in Southern California, of course, is what happened over the weekend. As you know, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and the number four pick of the Lakers was traded, however, to the New Orleans Pelicans in exchange for Anthony Davis. We've been hearing the rumors for the last several months that Anthony Davis did not want to leave New Orleans, and then he said he was wanting to go. Finally, the deal was consummated Saturday night, and now it looks like Anthony Davis and LeBron James are together at the hip, however, joining each other in the City of Angels here, Los Angeles. And already, people are saying that the Lakers could be contending, however, possibly for an NBA championship if they get some more pieces to the puzzle, most notably Kemba Walker and Kyrie Irving. 
However, that being said, however, the big story is Anthony Davis, and the question is, was this a good deal? Well, one person said it was not a good deal, and that is, of course, a guy who has created controversy over the last few years, let's just say the father of Lonzo Ball, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, however, if you will, Lamar Ball, if you will. Lamar Ball had some choice words to say to the newspaper over the weekend, if you will, however, including, however, a some reports are on ESPN radio station AM 710 here in Los Angeles to Ramona Shelburne and Bill Plaschke, the writers of the LA Times, if you will. And let's just say he had a few choice words to say about Magic Johnson and the Laker franchise. Personally, in my opinion, I thought this was a good deal, but this might not be the only deal we're going to see. Of course, Bill Plaschke and Ramona Shelburne, of course, uh, today will be on the Dan Patrick and the Rich Eisen show separately. We understand Bill Plaschke was on just a short time ago talking about the deal. However, John, I know you're not an NBA guy, but I've got to ask you, did the Lakers make a smart move trading Lonzo Ball out of here in L.A. and heading to the Big Easy and get Anthony Davis? What is your take on this? No comment, Axel. Well, that's okay. We appreciate that, John. Thank you very much. I think this was a good deal. I mean, yeah, I'll be right back. I'll get back Okay, well, John's doing that, ladies and gentlemen. I will give you my thoughts here. Uh, considering Davis is 26 years old and making $28 million and looking for a raise in his salary, the question is, will the Lakers be willing to spend all that money to sign him to a contract and extension? Will they tear up his old deal and give him a new deal? Well, we'll have to wait and see here, let's just say. But definitely be sure to check that out, Howard, and we'll be keeping up to date with this story during the course of the week. Now, John will be talking about that and other news tonight, ladies and gentlemen, including the Stomping Grounds paper routes this Sunday live from the Tacoma Dome in Tacoma, Washington, if you will, on the WWE Network. And, of course, we'll be giving you our predictions here this afternoon with myself, the Rattlesnake, and, of course, John and whoever else wants to join us as well. That being said, of course, uh, be sure to check out John's Facebook video live tonight at 11 p.m. on Facebook.com. All you got to look under is GROHS, however, let's just say, and he will give you his thoughts about that. The U.S. Open, of course, we'll talk about that when John returns to the line and give you our thoughts about that as well, in which it was a very action-packed U.S. Open at Pebble Beach this week in the 100th anniversary of the tournament and of the Pebble Beach golf course itself, however, and it saw quite a bit of drama, let's just say, yesterday up there in Northern California, not far from where we're at right now. Of course, as you know, John will share his thoughts about uh, stomping grounds and other things, of course, coming up here tonight. And, of course, we can tell you that one of the matches that has been announced for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, will be a fatal four-way to see who will be facing Samoa Joe for the U.S. title. It has already been announced that Braun Strowman, the monster among men, however, will take on Bobby Lashley, taking on the one and only Ricochet, or Ricochet, if you will, taking on Cesaro, if you will. Also, ladies and gentlemen, Baron Bland, Boyne Coxstein Corbin will announce his guest referee, Howard, coming up for the title matchup against Seth Rollins this Sunday, Howard, tonight on Raw. And also, after what happened on SmackDown last Tuesday in Sacramento, R-Truth has arrived here in Los Angeles, and let's just say he better be watching his back because there's going to be a bunch of people coming after him. For that 24-7 championship, R-Truth, of course, arrived in a crate here just a short time ago at the Staples Center stand and has already busted out of the crate. And it's just, just to say, trying to hide a little bit longer, however, before he gets out of there and starts running for his life once again, as it's going to be like the Wiley Coyote Roadrunner chase, if you will, here at the Staples Center later today, however, as far as Monday Night Raw goes. Now, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, coming up tomorrow night, however, Wrestling Revisited will be on at 7 p.m., but I believe that will be changing due to a schedule uh, snafu, but we'll let you know more about that in the next 24 hours or so. However, Revolution will be on at 138055Pound. Of course, we'll recap Raw for you and give you our thoughts about that. Join GTS and I with the news headlines for you, and John will supply the birthdays and dates as well. And I believe John has now returned to the line. John, are you back with us?
Okay, John is not back yet with us, however, but he will be with us here in just a few moments, ladies and gentlemen. Also, don't forget this Thursday, episode 208 of Wolfpack will be on, 138521-pound. Again, Gerard and I will have the news headlines for you, John will have the birthdays and dates for you. And this Friday, ladies and gentlemen, we'll give you our uh, stomping grounds predictions on the Friday night. Okay, I'm back. Friday night delight. All right, John, thank you very much. I was just saying how our, that we got a big lineup coming up this week, of course. As you know, Friday night, of course, we'll talk about the Stomping Grounds pay-per-view predictions and also give you our uh, maybe bets or two. And also this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check it out right before the pay-per-view event itself it starts at 5 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, on Revolution. Now, that being said, uh, let's see if John has returned. John, are you back with us now, you said? Okay, apparently John is having a difficulty from where his remote location is today. We're going to try to get him back on the line with us here again. John was on for a second, and then he quickly cut out on us, however, but he will try to get back with us as well here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget this Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, our triple header starts at 6.30 p.m. with Outside the Ropes, Mr. WCW, myself, and, of course, John, the rest of the panel, way too tough to handle. We'll give you our box office report, including a new number one movie this week. What was it and how did it do? We'll let you know. We'll also give you the latest politics, movies, and sports news. One four one three eight seven. Eight o'clock, the wrestling debate. GTS, Michelle, Lynn Dodds, and myself, and the rest of the panel, Mr. Tuffman, will be back there for another spirited debate. One three nine nine two five pound, and we'll be recapping SmackDown for you this Wednesday night, as we do each and every Wednesday night at nine o'clock on Revolution. Again, GTS and I will have the news headlines for you. John will have the birthdays and dates for you this Wednesday, beginning at nine p.m. So, folks, we got your bases covered all week long here on the Talk Shoe Radio Network. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we want to congratulate the St. Louis Blues and the Toronto Raptors for capturing the championships last weekend. The Toronto Raptors winning their first NBA championship in franchise history last Thursday night did capture the NBA title at the Oracle Center in Oakland, California, up there in the Bay Area, as Kawhi Leonard was named MVP of the series and dominated that series in a big-time way. Also, the St. Louis Blues did defeat the Boston Bruins in Game 7 last Wednesday night in Beantown, 4-1. As a result, they won their first Stanley Cup since 1970. Congratulations. Definitely goes out to the Blues. Also to the Bruins and Warriors respectively on a good job this season, but it was the Raptors and of course the Blues that made things a little downward for both teams, however to say, and stake their claim to capturing their first championships, if you will. Of course, the Raptors of course capturing their first title in franchise history. Definitely congratulations goes out to them. And for the Blues, their first NBA championship since 1970. Now we have returned with the human suplex machine as he is back with us again. John, we welcome you back once again. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, we were just telling everyone about some of the big things coming up this weekend. Uh, one of the things I will discuss before we get to birthdays and dates, obviously, is what happened up at Pebble Beach over the weekend. Brooks Kepka was going for a three-peat, however, and unfortunately, however, it was in the cards. Gary Woodland held off Justin Rose and Rory McIlroy, among others, and is now the new U.S. Open champion as Kepka was denied a three-peat. But nevertheless, it was a very thrilling day at Pebble Beach on Sunday. Congratulations definitely goes out to Gary Woodland. Your thoughts about yep. the Open? Yep. Well, as I said earlier, uh, we got birthdays and dates supplied here every day on the Talk Show Radio, ne- Radio Network, and we're going to go to John right now with uh, some of those things right now as we have a big report from John on that. How are, and when we come back, folks, how we're going to start breaking down for you our thoughts how are, about stomping grounds. Will it be worth watching Sunday, and is it going to save the WWE fan base how are, from their uh, loyal viewers, let's just say. We understand ticket sales are completely low for this show, as well as next week's television in general. Why is this? We'll weigh in on the topic shortly, but in the meantime, let's go to birthdays and dates now with John, who has our thoughts here today. All right. Forty years ago today in Tupelo, Mississippi, the Blonde Bombers defeated Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee to win the AWA Sovereign Tag Team Championship. Yes. 
Um, 28 years ago today, the World Bodybuilding Federation presented the first WBF championship from the Trump Taj Mahal in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Yes. 22 years ago today, WCW presented the Great American Bash from the Mark of the Quad Cities in Moline, Illinois. 96-13 were in attendance with 220,000 homes watch on pay-per-view. That's up from 170,000 homes for the 1996 edition. Akira Hakuto defeated Medusa in a title versus career match to retain the WCW Women's Championship. And soon after that, Medusa was banished from WCW, and the championship also was released from WCW. Uh, 21 years ago today on Raw is War from San Antonio, Texas. Kane and Mankind fought Steve Austin and The Undertaker to no contest in a Hell in a Cell match. This is the first time a Hell in a Cell match is presented on broadcast television. It's also only the second one ever. It's also the first ever tag team Hell in a Cell match, as there wouldn't be another one until 2006, all being a two-on-three handicap match. The next two-on-two match wouldn't happen until October 2009. Ah, 17 years ago today in San Antonio, Texas, again, again, Tom's were called to the helm of Steve Austin and Deborah Williams. That would be Steve Austin and his wife, Deborah, after an argument that ended with Deborah having bruises on bruises blah, bruises on on her back and a welt on her face. Deborah said that Steve hit her several times during the argument. Steve fled the scene before police arrived. Two months later Austin be charged with misdemeanor insult and turned himself into Bexar County, Texas authorities. He was released on 5,000 bond. That November, Steve fled no contest and was sentenced to one-year probation, fined 1,000, and sentenced to 80 hours community service. He was also ordered to attend domestic violence counseling and had to abstain from drinking alcohol for one year. That was right before his big, that was right after the walkout. That's right. Yes. Yeah. 16 years ago today, WWE presented Bad Blood from the Compact Center in Houston, Texas. This is the first brand exclusive pay-per-view in the United States with only Raw wrestlers competing on the show. This practice would continue for all B-Show events until 2007, but resumed from the WWE draft last fall. Um, apparently we're here having motorcycles in the background. No, it's not The Undertaker. I can promise you all that. Yes. Um, but, uh, okay. Triple H defeated Kevin Nash in a Hell in a Cell match to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Ric Flair defeated Shawn Michaels. I believe this was their first WWE pay-per-view match. Um, let's see. And also we had a redneck triathlon between Stone Cold and Eric Bischoff 
and we're often through Bischoff into the mud. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Fifteen years ago today, I smacked down taping in Chi-Town. Ray Mysterio defeated Chavo Guerrero Sr. to win the Cruiserweight Championship. And on the I same taping, the Dunley Boys defeated Charlie Haas and Rico to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. The win made the Dunleys the first duo to win both Raw and SmackDown Tag Team titles. You talk about Chavo Classic. Was that Chavo Sr., I believe? Chavo Sr. Guerrero, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. I thought so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Chavo's uncle. Yes, that is uncle. Yes. Okay, Chavo, Chavito Guerrero. Yeah. Twelve years ago today, ECW founder Todd Gordon shared his thoughts on the ECW reboot in a statement on PWInsider.com. He was perhaps foreshadowing. Hello, sir. Yes. Um, also on that same day, we tragically lost Sherry Martell, known to fans as Sherry Martell, due to a drug overdose. Yes. This is right before... Chris Benoit committed suicide. Yes, three weeks later. That's right. Yes. Yep. Uh, ten years ago today, President, believe it or not, now President Donald Trump took over Monday Night Raw. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> As for Trump, Raw owner, reality set in pretty quickly when WWE didn't quite make it clear that it was all just a storyline. WWE stock fell from thirteen thirteen million a share to twelve sixty within a day of the announcement. Crazy. I know. <laughs> um all right. So today is a happy thirtieth birthday to SmackDown women's champion Bailey. Yep. The uh as I like to call her the first. Grand Slam women, first Grand Slam women's winner, the NXT women's champion, the NXT champion, SmackDown women's champion, Money in the Bank holder, and and Raw women's champion. No, no, not Money it, in the it, Bank it, holder. It, and also to attack the champion. One more time, too. Yeah. Yeah, and a happy 58th birthday to a former NWO alumni, Scott Norton. Yes, Scott Flash Norton, yes. Yeah. Also, and, uh, uh, I do have some others. Happy 48th birthday to former WCW power plant and WWE wrestler Chuck Palumbo, Billy and Chuck. Happy 22nd birthday to Jungle Boy Jack Perry, the son of Luke Perry, who turned 22 this past Saturday. Our good friend Danny from Oak Park is very good friends with him. I know that for a fact. Uh, today would have been the 57th birthday of the late Brad Armstrong, who died in November 2012 at the age of 50. And also on this date, however, it was exactly 23 years ago today, however, we lost Dirty Dick Murdoch of the West Texas Outlaws and of the North-South mm-hmm. Connection, formerly teaming up with Dusty Rhodes and Adrian Adonis, who I still think should be in the Hall of Fame. One of the toughest Texans you ever want to fight, however. This guy had some great battles over the years and teaming up with Rhodes, of course, in the 70s of the old AWA territory and in the early 80s, however, with Adrian Adonis and Jesse Ventura, of course, calling themselves the North-South Connection, if you will, however. So happy, uh, well, a very bittersweet day for Mr. Murdoch, but also a very somber birthday, however, today 
for Brad Armstrong, of course, who would have been 57 years old on Saturday. Let's go to Father's Day Sunday. Okay. 35 years ago today in New York City, Sergeant Slaughter defeated the Iron Sheik in a boot camp match. One of my favorite matches of all time. A good match indeed. This would be one of Slaughter's last notable bouts in his second run with the company. Late in the year, however, he got fired from the WWE. Why he was fired depends on who's telling the story. Yes. One possible scenario is that he missed the show in protest of not being given six weeks paid vacation. And Vince McMahon fired him in retaliation. Remus would return to the WWE in the summer of 1990 again as Sergeant Slaughter. But under well, the, his most, well, let me ask what? you. Well, let me ask you. Well, let me ask you this question. Okay, that's a good point you just bring up about Sarge. Think about it. Vince McMahon's father passed away, I believe, about a month or two before this. Had Vince's old man not passed away, do you think Vince's father, despite how sick he was, would have kept the Sarge? Because I know for a fact, and I heard stories many times over, that uh, when Sarge first came in in like 1980-1981 with the Grand Wizard, I remember he was not well-liked by a lot of people being called Gomer, and he used to be getting infused with Snooka and uh, Bobby Backlund and all those guys. I know for a fact that Vince's father was very, very close with the Wizard, and I know he got to know Sarge and Sarge pretty well. Do you think the Sarge would have stayed in WWE had Vince's father had not been sick, however, and Vince's father had not sold the company to Vince himself? How Do you think the Sarge would have stayed in WWF in 84? Yeah, I think he would have. I would thank him for too. Yeah, no question about it. Okay, please continue. Um... Okay. 27 years ago today, WCW presented Clash of the Champions 19 from the McAllister Fieldhouse in Charleston, South Carolina. The show featured the first round and the beginning of the second round of a tournament to crown new NWA World Tag Team Championships. Championships were vacated in early 1991 when WCW began referring to NWA World Tag Team titles as the WCW World Tag Titles. And let's see who won the tournament. This is who when won the tournament. Started, this, is, this is when I think they started to take over, I think, how the WCW name, however, mind you. Yeah. Uh, 27 years ago today, oh no, 26 years ago today, WCW presented Flash of the Champions from the Scope in Norfolk, Virginia. Show was noted for the in-ring return of Ric Flair, who, despite returning a few months earlier to WCW, had to sit out due to a no-compete clause. To cover for that, Flair was given a talking segment. Flair for the, for the gold. Yes. <laughs> the assumption that Aaron passed Flair about since his departure, which sometimes rated higher than original WCW programming, one leads to a huge spike in ratings for his first WCW match in two years. Yes. Um, okay. Before you, continue, 20... before you continue on, uh, I would like to also express two things here uh, that are non-wrestling related. First off, 
earlier today, of course, if anyone did not hear, we did lose a famous person today, Gloria Vanderbilt, the most famous fashion designer of them all, how at the age of 95, her son Anderson Cooper did tell uh, reporters, I believe, earlier today, I believe sometime either early this morning or sometime over the weekend, we'll find out confirmation later on from Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw, who will report the story, I'm sure. Uh, about this whole matter, however, that, uh, like I said, however, we did uh, report that, like I said, however, she did pass away at the age of 95. Our thoughts and prayers are with, um, I guess, the family and friends of Gloria Vanderbilt. And also, a very special friend of mine uh, who lives in South Africa, one of the nicest people you ever want to talk to uh, over the weekend, tragically and suddenly, uh, who has a very special pet of her own, however, lost her husband over the weekend and her son in a very horrifying accident on Friday, I understand. I'm not going to mention the lady's name or um, anything like that, but I, her husband's name or her son-in-law's name because we do not know it at this time. But we do want to express our thoughts and prayers to this lady, however, and her entire family. Our hearts are broken over this very, very heartbreaking tragedy. I've been friends with this lady for a while now on Facebook as well as off Facebook. And I just heard the news earlier today, however, and my heart aches for them, however, certainly and their friends, however, as well as her entire family and her beloved pet, our account, however. So uh, to her family and uh, her pet account, however, my heart aches for your loss of the loss of your husband and your son-in-law in this very heartbreaking tragedy that happened on Friday. Okay. Please continue. What? 23 years ago today, WCW presented the Great American Bash. The show was noted for the Scott Hall and Kevin Nash returned to pay-per-view for WCW as they were interviewed by Eric Bischoff. And one of the questions asked in the interview was apparently for legal purposes. The outsiders then were asked if they still worked for the WWE. Their answer was no. In fact, I have uh, I have a clip of that actually. I'm going to cue that if you want me to cue that up right now. Uh, uh, let me see here. I think I got that here. Yes, here we go. Here's the clip right now. I'm going to get that up here in just a minute, folks. Uh, so bear with us here, folks. We're working on this here as we speak. That's a commercial, by the way, people. So bear with us. Okay, here we go. Here's the clip now. I got it. the future we want to know who your three guys are is it is it the uh nacho man i don't think so and what about what about the immortal huckster you know you tell billionaire ted to break out the money and get anybody you can because the big man and the medium-sized man and our surprise buddy are gonna carve them. I wanna ask you a question right now. He's had his say. Who are they, man? Who are they? Come I can't on. tell you. I'll tell you tomorrow night on Nitro. That's the deal. You can't tell us? You don't jack us around, don't jack us around. Oh, for What are they doing? The Get up there right now. Get oh, for... security up there. Unbelievable! Please, please get it. Unbelievable! This is sick. 
Yeah. Tony, I got it. They I'm, should make. Hold on. Where's he at? He's right down below us here. Oh, my God. We're, we're going to need some medical attention right now. Yes. Right now, ladies and gentlemen. Big boys. Just left the building. Hey, get these guys off there. Cut this thing off. Get them. And if you remember correctly, they almost were not even allowed in the building that night, too. Yeah. yeah. So, there you go, folks. Uh -huh. But, um, anyway. But, anyway, this was uh, also making his WCW debut was Rey Mysterio. That's right. Yep. 21 years ago today at a Raw is War taping, the rated R superstar Edge made his debut in Austin, Texas, defeating Jose Jorge Estrada. Yes. But as for Edge, he went on, as far as Edge's WWE career goes, he had a big WWE career, winning 11 world championships, 14 tag team championships, the 2001 King of the Ring Tournament, the 2005 Money in the Bank ladder match, and also was responsible for the live sex celebration with Lita. Yes. And but I'm not going to mention that. My bad. And the 2010 Royal Rumble, the first man to win them all. At the time of his retirement in 2011, he had matched 31 total championships. That's amazing. That is amazing, no doubt. Yes. Yep. Six years ago today, WWE presented Payback from the All-State Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. And a big night for the Hennig family on Father's Day. Just too much show, man. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Axel defeated Wade Barrett and The Miz in a triple threat match when the WWE Intercontinental title the win made Axel and his late father, Kurt Hennig, the first father-son duel to win a singles championship in WWE history. AJ Lee defeated Caitlyn to win the WWE Divas Championship. AJ held the championship for nearly 10 months. Then a WWE record, she would not lose it until the night after WrestleMania 30 when Paige defeated her in her debut match. Yeah. Alberto Del Rio defeated Dolph Ziggler to win the World Heavyweight Championship and made his return to the ring for the last time in the WWE for leaving in January of 2014 with CM Punk as he defeated Chris Jericho and I think what was probably one of the greatest matches ever. Yep. Yep. And also John Cena defeated Ryback in a three stages of hell match to retain the WWE Championship. Stage one, Ryback took the lead by defeating John Cena in a lumberjack match. In the second stage, he defeated Ryback in a tables match. And the last one was when he beat Ryback in an ambulance match. Yes. All right. Happy 56th birthday to former ECW champion, the Sandman. And also today would have also been would have been the 60th birthday of Jim Helwig, 
better known as the Ultimate Warrior. Yes. Also, happy 25th birthday to Rezar, the authors of Pain. And also today, ladies and gentlemen, would have been the 77th birthday of former manager and at one time NWA Mid-Atlantic Tag Team Champion, number one, Paul Jones, manager of guys like Ivan Koloff, of course, Manny Fernandez, the Raging Bull, Rick Rude, and of course, as you know, he teamed off with Rick Steamboat, I believe, in the mid-70s, I think 75 through 77 or 78 in the Mid-Atlantic Territory. So happy, bittersweet 77th birthday to Paul Jones. Definitely happy 60th birthday to Hall of Famer Jim Helwig, the Ultimate Warrior. Happy 25th birthday to Rezar, the AOP. And happy 56th birthday to the legendary hardcore icon, the beer-swinging, cane-swinging, cigarette-smoking Jim Fullington, better known to you all as The Sandman. Mm-hmm. All right. 35 years ago today in WWE TV type in Bloomington, Minnesota, AWA legend Maurice Mad Dog Vachon made his WWE debut. Also in the main event, two other ex-AWA stalwarts were in the featured main event as Hulk Hogan defeated D. David Schultz in a non-title match. Yes. Before we continue yep. on, John, I do have some breaking news coming in, Howard, just moments ago. According to reports we understand earlier today in Dallas, Texas, we understand According to reports, however, a gunman who appeared to be wearing tactical gear and wielding an assault rifle opened oh, no. fire outside a federal courthouse in Dallas this morning, but no one aside from the alleged shooter appeared to be injured in the incident, said police. Alleged gunman Brian Isaac Clyde opened fire and died in the gun battle, according to reports, however, as police responded to what they called an active incident at the Earl Cabell Federal Courthouse in downtown Dallas shortly at 8.50 this morning. According to the Dallas Police Department, writing a post on Twitter, they said the following hour. There has been an exchange of gunfire between the suspect and federal officers. The suspect was shot and transported to an area hospital. No officers or citizens injured. Now, as we said, the alleged gunman who has been identified by federal authorities as 22-year-old Brian Isaac with a CK Clyde was gravely wounded in the gun battle with federal protective service officers said Matthew DeSarno, a special agent in charge of the Federal Bureau of Investigation Dallas-Fort Worth office. Clyde was taken to Baylor University Medical Center where he was pronounced dead a short time later, said DeSarno at a news conference. Now, cell phone video taken by witness Lane Brown shared with ABC News appeared to show the gunman dressed in black tactical gear, including a bulletproof vest. The video showed the shooter taking up a position outside the courthouse, peeking around a corner and randomly pointing a rifle at people. Brown told ABC News the following. It looked like he was playing Call of Duty or something. He had everything on, Howard. He even took aim at a girl walking a dog. There were a couple of ladies hiding behind a car. He definitely it sounded like, bless you, like the gunman was firing a semi-automatic rifle. The gunman was then seen in Brown's video running through a nearby parking lot where the gun battle apparently occurred. Brown went on to say, who took the cell phone video from his 10th floor condo near the federal building, I saw him get shot. I saw him go down. I couldn't actually tell from where I was at who shot him or how many times or anything, but I did see him jerk a couple of times, and then he hit the ground. It was really frightening to see something that close to knowing he was shooting at people, real people down there. Police have yet to comment on a possible motive of the shooting. Now, the federal courthouse in nearby El Center College Tower were immediately placed on lockdown, according to ABC affiliate WFAA. Police bomb squad technicians, however, were examining the suspect's car a short time ago, parked on the street near the courthouse. Dallas police have said on Twitter that they are preparing to do a controlled explosion in that vehicle, but have offered no further details. Of course, we will keep you up to date with this story. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 34 years ago today, uh, WWE pay-per-view TV taping in Kipping, New York, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Terry Funk makes his WWE debut. He defeated Aldo Marino, Marino by submission. Also making his debut in the same taping with a win over Aldo Marino, ironically enough, is Randy Macho Man Savage. Yes. And the taping also featured a title change as the U.S. Express defeated the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov to capture the WWE Tag Team Championship. 24 years ago today in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the Sandman defeated Cactus Jack via knockout in a barbed wire massacre match to retain the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Championship, I mean. Highlights of the match aired on the June 27th edition of ECW Hardcore TV. Alfonso refused to award the decision to Cactus Jack after Sandman did not answer the 10 count, saying a barbed wire match could not be won on a standing 10 count KO. Sandman then grabbed Cactus Jack from behind, choked him out with barbed wire, knocking him out, and winning the match. When the fans realized that Cactus did not win the title, they were PO'd. That's right, yes. On the same show, the Gangsters made their ECW debuts attacking ECW Tag Team Champions, Public Enemy. Huh. 23 years ago today, New Japan Pro Wrestling presents Skydiving J from Budokan Hall in Tokyo, Japan. <laughs> All right, 17 years ago today on Raw from Oakland, California, Vince McMahon addressed the walkout of Stone Cold Steve Austin publicly for the first time since his walkout a week earlier, and so too, making his return was The Rock. That's right. Yep. Twelve years ago today, TNA presents Slammiversary from the Nashville Monocopal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Kurt Angle won the vacated NWA World Heavyweight Championship in a King of the Mountain match. And the show featured the first television interview of Jeff Jarrett following the passing of his wife, Jill, of breast cancer the previous month. Jarrett said he did not know when or if he would wrestle again, but he returned to the ring in September of 2008. Eight years ago today, in an interview with the Los Angeles Times, Shane McMahon openly addressed for the first time his decision to leave WWE, a decision he called brutal. Also on that same day, Nigel McGuinness was released in TNA, and also on that same day, the Benoit family was awarded $125,000 in compensatory damages and $19.6 $19.6 million in punitive damage after Hustler magazine published nude photographs of the late Nancy Benoit in March of 2008. 
just nine months after her murder at the hands of Chris Van Juan in June of 2007. Huh. Uh, seven, seven years ago today, WWE presented No Way Out from the Izod Center in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, John Cena defeated the Big Show in a steel cage match, and as a result of that match, John Laurinaitis was fired. Yes. <laughs> I can do a good Vince McMahon impersonation. Okay. All right. I know Money in the Bank was held last year, so I'm going to check and see. So bear with me, J.D. And like we said, folks, as we said, folks, Gloria Vanderbilt, as we said, how according to her son, in fact, how, this is what uh, her son, Anderson Cooper, said today. She died, let's just say, however, friends and family by her side from advanced stomach cancer. This is what Cooper said a short time ago. All right, here we go. Here. Before we get to that, this is the story about Gloria Vanderbilt. I want to report real quick. Gloria Vanderbilt was an extraordinary woman who loved life and lived it on her own terms. She was a writer, painter, and designer, but also a remarkable mother, wife, and friend. She was 95, but ask anyone close to her and they would tell you she was the youngest person they knew, the coolest and most modern. She was the mother of four sons and wife to four men, and her relationships included filmmaker and photographer Gordon Parks, Marlon Brando, Frank Sinatra, Howard Hughes, and writer from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Ronald Dahl. So our thoughts and prayers are certainly, however, with uh, Miss Vanderbilt's friends and family, of course, let's just say, of course. She was 17 when she went to Hollywood in 1941 and married Pat DiCicco, an agent who had a reputation as a mobster. Of course, he died in 1978 and they divorced in 1945. Within weeks, she married conductor Leopold Stoyarski. The marriage lasted 10 years, however, and produced two sons and three grandchildren, however. Her third husband, believe it or not, was the late director Cindy Lumet, however, who, of course, would direct movies such as Network in 1976. They married in 56 and divorced in 63. She married Wyatt Emery Cooper a few months after her third divorce in December 63. Their 15-year reunion ended with his death in 78 while he was undergoing open-heart surgery. Their elder son, Carter Vanderbilt Cooper, who was, I believe, Anderson's brother, believe it or not, died by suicide at the age of 23. So again, our, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, Anderson Cooper's uh, mom at this time, however, and a very special... Uh, fame woman who, of course, from who's the last of it, a Guild Age clan of millionaires, and the subject of a child custody trial back in the 30s, and a designer of early uh, jeans, and the mother, as we said, of Anderson Cooper, has passed away today at the age of 95 in Miss Gloria Vanderbilt. Okay, John, please continue. Sorry about that. Uh, all right. Yeah, so one year ago today, WWE did present Money in the Bank. Yes. And, um... And uh, let's see the matches here. Oh, yes. Alexa Bliss won the Money in the Bank ladder match for a women's championship match contract and also became the third person to successfully cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase. Yep. But her record was beaten last month when Bailey cashed it in. <laughs> yes. Yep. And Braun Strowman defeated Bobby Roode, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Kingston, Rusev, Samoa Joe, and The Miz to get a Money in the Bank ladder match for a World Championship match contract. Yes. And uh, I think you did tell us the wrestling birthday. I did from yesterday, but I did not tell you from today, though. I do see one, 
and that is Minoru Suzuki 51. That's the only one I see, but unless there's any others, maybe. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll look. All right. Uh, yeah, happy, yeah, Bam Neely celebrating the birthday. Who's that? Bam Neely. Oh, the former ECW superstar. How old is he today? Okay. Okay, so Cam Neely is the only one you said, or Bam Neely? Bam Neely. Bam Neely, okay. Happy birthday to him. Okay, well, thank you very much, Sean. Let's give you the number again, one six zero five five six two zero four four four. Caller ID, one three eight seven four four pounds This is episode 194 for Monday, June 17th, 2019. The Iceman, along with the Human Suplex Machine, we are expecting the uh, Rattlesnake and El Patel, and the rest of the panel way too tough to handle today, and hopefully uh, some surprises as well. You never know. We're six episodes away from 200. Unfortunately, the Heartbreak Kid is not with us today due to his circumstances being under control, but he will be back in the saddle with us hopefully next week, ladies and gentlemen, for episode number 195, ladies and gentlemen, as we're counting down the days to episode number 200. Anyway, as we said, folks, Stomping Grounds is coming up this week, ladies and gentlemen, live on the WWE Network, however, live from the Tacoma Dome, ladies and gentlemen, on the WWE Network, beginning at 7 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. And before we get into the breaking down the card, how I watched John very quickly, Howard, did you get a chance to watch the uh, Chronicle show of uh, Shane McMahon and Kurt Angle from the 2001 King of the Ring? No, I didn't. Or the Untold Story? Uh, if you get a chance, folks, I did not. check it out. It's worth checking out. Definitely check it out. But right now, folks... I can tell you, it's on the WWE Network right now. If you get a chance, if you do have the network, be sure to watch that, if you get a chance to watch it at all. Also, ladies and gentlemen, definitely check out how we're on the WWE Network right now. Table for three, where the Riot Squad, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. Yes, folks, all three of them, Howard, the sisterhood of uh, the Riot Squad, definitely have a sit-down breakfast and have a lot to share, Howard, with their fans and public, Howard, on that uh, particular show, if you will. Now, before we get into anything else, Howard, ladies and gentlemen, we were going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, where we're going to see the WWE in action at a facility near you. Let's tell you about it right now, Howard, and give you the update on that right now before we give you the breakdown of stomping grounds, Howard, as far as that goes. Of course, as we told you, ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, coming up, ladies and gentlemen, here, just a second here. Okay, there we go. Uh, we told you where we're going to be at next Monday and Tuesday, but also this Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, a quick reminder, this Saturday afternoon at the Walmart store in Tacoma, Washington, yes, folks, you can meet everyone's favorite troubadour, the piece of human excrement Elias at 1965 South Union Avenue in Tacoma, Washington, from 2 to 4 at the Walmart store there, ladies and gentlemen, if you will. Also, next Monday, ladies and gentlemen, come meet the man herself, Becky Lynch, however, hopefully Becky won belt, however, will have her belt still in tow, however, next Monday night, however, ladies and gentlemen, she will be at the Cricket Wireless store at 10121 Evergreenway Suite, Everett, Washington, 980204. Uh, that'll be coming up next Monday in Everett, Washington. We understand she may not be at Raw tonight, possibly, however, unless uh, she is going to show up, however, because of the MTV Movie Awards that is going to be held in California with her boyfriend, Seth Freakin' Rawls. We don't know if they were there last night and they taped the show for tonight's show. That'll air tonight. Of course, they may have aired it, taped it last night, but if not, they will be at the MTV Movie Awards tonight here in Los Angeles and may not be at Raw. Also, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, we will tell you, of course, two weeks from today, July 1st, ladies and gentlemen, come meet the war goddess herself, Ember Moon, from 11 to 1.30 p.m. 
at the Cricket Wireless store in Dallas, Texas, right before the 4th of July in her hometown at 1318 North Masters Drive. Two weeks from today, ladies and gentlemen, before Monday Night Raw takes the air live from Big D in Dallas, Texas. Then July 2nd, we head to San Antonio, ladies and gentlemen, the Alamo City, the home of Tex-Mex and HBK, if you will. Now, that Tuesday morning, ladies and gentlemen, however, at the Lackland Air Force Base main exchange from 11 to 1 p.m., however, 1.30 p.m., come meet the Celtic Warriors, Seamus. Now, tickets are not open to the public. Unfortunately, military personnel and active patrons are only allowed on this site at 2180 Reese Street, Suite number 1385. If you have a ticket, Howard, and you're a member of the base, good. If you're not, Howard, you're going to be out of luck, Howard, and you might miss out on meeting uh, Seamus. So, folks, I advise you to get your tickets very soon, Howard, if you don't have tickets already on the base, Howard. Otherwise, for people who want to check out the base, Howard, and see if uh, they'll be uh, having... Uh, shame is open to RFs to the public hour. That is not going to be the case. Also, ladies and gentlemen, a week from Friday, ladies and gentlemen, from 5 to 8.30 p.m. and from 6 to 9 p.m., come meet the Queen in the Huggable One, Bailey and Charlotte, if you will, at the WAMU Theater and CenturyLink at the Field Defense Center next Friday in Seattle, Washington, ladies and gentlemen, at the Comic-Con there. They will be signing autographs for the fans there, ladies and gentlemen. In addition to that, ladies and gentlemen, here's what else we're going to be doing in the month of July. Newark, New Jersey, Manchester, New Hampshire, our good friend Big Diesel's neck of the woods, uh... Philadelphia, PA, yes, Philadelphia Freedom will be welcoming us back with extreme rules. Uniondale, New York, Worcester, Mass, Tampa, Florida, Miami, Florida, the home of our good friend, the Rouse Sink and El Patel in late July, if you will. And then we close out July in a big way, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, in Arkansas and Tennessee before we hit the Steel City during the first week of August. Now, we've already told you where we're going to be the first few weeks of August. However, we thought we were going to have an update on where we're going to be during the month of uh, uh, latter part of August. Well, folks, fear not. I've already got the news, and you guys want to might want to listen to this, folks. This is going to be very, very exciting. Coming up, ladies and gentlemen, August 19th. That's right. Circle this on your counter now, ladies and gentlemen, and get your tickets now this weekend on Friday morning, to be exact, at the XL Energy Center in St. Paul, Minnesota. Yes, folks, St. Paul, Minnesota. We're going to be coming to you live from the Twin Cities, if you will, on Monday night, August 19th, ladies and gentlemen, with Monday Night Raw. Then, Tuesday nights. August 20th, ladies and gentlemen, we head off to Sioux Falls, South Dakota at the Denny Sanford Premier Center, if you will, with SmackDown Live. That should be a lot of fun. And then, folks, coming up next weekend, however, not this weekend, but the following weekend, ladies and gentlemen, two weeks from now, however, at the end of June, ladies and gentlemen, however, coming up two weeks on this Friday, tickets for Monday Night Raw go on sale down in Bourbon Street. Yes, folks, we're going to be back on Bourbon Street in the French Quarter, ladies and gentlemen. On Monday night, August 26th, at the Smoothie King Center, the home of the Pelicans, the home of the Saints, and, of course, the home of Cowboys in Jambalaya, ladies and gentlemen, New Orleans, ladies and gentlemen, as we return to the Big Easy at the end of the summer. Then, folks, hold on to your seats. This is where things get interesting. Tuesday night, September 17th, ladies and gentlemen, we will be in Atlanta, Georgia, returning to Hotlanta, GA, in the 404 area code, ladies and gentlemen, with SmackDown Live, however, on that particular day. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we've already told you about some other places where we're going to be during the month of uh, September. Of course, we'll let you know more about that. But, folks, we heard earlier today where we're going to be right after Toronto, if you will, coming up less than a month from now, four weeks from today, and that is St. Paul, Minnesota, if you will. So, folks, hold on to your seatbelts. It is going to be fun, 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 to say the very least. Now, as we said, folks, our stomping grounds will be held this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, live on the WWE Network. And we can tell you right now, tickets for those that show are having a tough time right now. People are saying right now that they are close to not even selling out this event, which is unfortunate. 
So, having said that, folks, we hope that it'll start to pick up, maybe depending on what happens tonight, ladies and gentlemen, but we will let you know more about that here in just a little bit. That being said, folks, we have seven matches on the card, ladies and gentlemen, for this Sunday. However, we will break down the card individually and give you our thoughts, however. Hopefully, Anel will join us shortly as well and give us his thoughts, too. But right now, before we get to that, we can tell you that coming up, ladies and gentlemen, mark this on your calendar here and now, ladies and gentlemen, coming up Friday night, July the 6th, however, that's right, Friday, July 6th, live in Dallas, Texas, the American Airlines Center, the first night of the G1 New Japan Tournament will be held in Dallas. So, folks, if uh, Raw is not your cup of tea, however, that Monday, however, come to the American Airlines Center, however, the following, later that week on Friday, ladies and gentlemen, for the G1, however, tournament, however, that will be held by New Japan Pro Wrestling, and here are the matches that you will see on this show. It will be Sonata versus Sax Sabre Jr., Evil taking on Bad Luck Fail, Will Osprey taking on Lance Archer, Kota Ayabushi against the newcomer and former WWE and 205 and NXT guy who made his pro debut not too long ago, back in his own country once again, the artist formerly known as Kenta. And yes, folks, this one should be a barn burner. I cannot wait to see this match. This one should be an absolute doozy of a match. It will be Okada taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi, ladies and gentlemen, in an A-block tournament match. Now, keep in mind, the Kenta match is an A-block match. The Archer match is an A-block match. Fail and Evil also uh, A-block, as is Sonata and Sack Sabre Jr. We will tell you more about the card and have an update on anything else, however, in the coming days and weeks ahead. So, folks, be sure to check that out. In the meantime, now, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to now break down our thoughts as far as stomping grounds to give you our predictions and give you our thoughts heading into the show as well as a look back at last week's show. And with that said, we now turn it over once again to the human suplex machine, Mr. John Gross, who gives us his thoughts on this. Hour. John will start off with these matches in no particular order, of course, however. The first match on the card, however, is the Huggable One, the birthday girl who just turned 30. We saw what happened last Monday in her hometown of San Jose, and also on SmackDown. We understand what will happen on SmackDown tomorrow night. The birthday girl will be on again with her, uh, let's just say, opponent, however. Your girl, Little Miss Bliss, if you will. As a result, these two have a meaning of a is coming up this Sunday. Who do you like between the Huggable One and Alexa Bliss in this one? Uh, Bailey. You're going to go with Bailey. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to go with Bailey too. However, I have to say as well, I think Alexa will not win unless Alexa has to have help, however, through her new bestie who I think is getting tired of being her lackey. If you will. Of course, that is the crazy, psycho-esque uh, Scottish, uh, let's just say... Uh, Let's say, what's a good sport to describe Nikki Cross? She's a total psycho Scottish, um, let's just say, uh, well, we'll come back to that word here in just a minute. But anyway, up next, of course, Roman Reigns taking on Drew McIntyre, of course, in a singles match. We know that this feud has been brewing and brewing over the last few months. We know that Roman is absolutely livid with Shane McMahon and McIntyre. He has to get a little retribution here, I feel. I think he's going to. I think after what happened in Saudi Arabia, and especially what happened at Money in the Bank, I think Roman has had enough of Shane and Drew. I think Roman's absolutely going to come out roaring and ready to go and take a huge chomp out of McIntyre and Shane. Who do you like in this one between Roman and Drew? Uh, I'm going to say Roman. You're going to go with Roman as well. Okay. Up next, of course, is Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans for the women's title. Of course, Lacey Evans, the sassy Southern Belle, or the sassy Southern Skank, as I call her, however, slut, if you want to use the term loosely, however, takes on my girl, Mrs., uh, 
let's just say Becky won belt, if you will, hired the man herself, the man looking to make a big statement here. Does the man do it? I think he does here, and I think Lacey's in for a rude awakening. I'm taking Becky. Who do you got between Becky and Lacey? Uh, I'm going to go with Becky. Go with Becky, too. Okay. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, a very interesting match here, but it has not been announced yet who the guest referee is. How, uh, John, I will ask you a two-fold question on this one. Who wins the match between Rollins and Cockstain, Baron, Boyne, Blaine, Corbin, number one? And number two, who do you think will be the special guest referee that Corbin announces tonight? I think it's going to be Shane McMahon. I think it's going to be Shane, okay, and who wins the match? That. Gonna take Seth, okay. I'm gonna take Seth, and you know what? I think it's gonna be Paul Heyman. I'm gonna go one better than you. I think Paul Heyman is gonna find himself to weasel his way into this somehow, some way. So I'm gonna say him. All right, up next, ladies and gentlemen, is another interesting match. Howard, this time a steel cage match, ladies and gentlemen, for the WWE Championship. Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler the show off. Dolph not very happy about what happened in Saudi Arabia. Thanks to Xavier Woods, he did have a legitimate argument, let's just say. But Kofi and the New Day are looking to uh, continue to shine brightly for the moment. Although there has been talk Kofi Kingston could be losing the belt very soon, possibly to Shane McMahon, which I hope to God does not happen. I will have a rant and a big-time fit on that, as I'm sure you will, John, and everyone else in the WWE Universe, if that does indeed go down. But I will ask you, who do you think wins this one in the steel cage? Uh, Kofi. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kofi as well. I'm going to go with Kofi as well. All right, up next, ladies and gentlemen, is the Cruiserweight Championship. We saw what happened last week at the end of 205 Live. Tony Abs, a.k.a. Tony Nice, was uh, waiting the winner, however, the number one contenders match, if you will. And as a result, we do not know yet, however, how this is going to be played out. The reason why it's not been uh, played out yet, however, is very interesting because uh, right now, however, there's been uh, interesting things going on as far as that goes, however. In fact, however, we understand, how and it was announced last week by Drake Maverick, Hauer, that either possibly maybe uh, one of the two people, Hauer, either Gentleman Jack Gallagher or the person, Hauer, that is coming on to 205 Live with a challenge for that belt, that's Jack Gable. I will ask you, who do you think Tony Nese will take on in the Cruiserweight match, and who do you think will win the Cruiserweight match? I think it's Chad Gable. All right, you think it's Chad Gable, and who do you think will win? Uh, I think Tony Nese will retain still. You think Tony Nese retains, okay. I'm going to go with Chad Gable, too. You know what? I'm going to go with Chad Gable, I think, wins the Cruiserweight title off Tony Nese. I think that's going to be the case here. And then, finally, folks, we have the big Fatal 4-Way, of course, announced tonight. However, Samoa Joe waiting the uh, winner. Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, and, of course, The Miz. I will ask you, who do you think... No, no, Fatal 5-Way. Fatal Five-Way, excuse me, my mistake. Yes, Fatal Five-Way. It is The Miz, Ricochet, Cesaro, Bobby Lashley, and Braun Strowman. The winner will face Samoa Joe. I will ask you, who do you think it's going to be that faces Samoa Joe, and who wins this match? Uh, as much as I like Strowman, Miz, Cesaro, Samoa Joe, I don't care, but I would like to see Ricochet win. All right, so you're going to go with Ricochet, okay. And who wins? Um, Ricochet. You're going to go Ricochet. And you know what, however? I'm going to go the same way you are. I think Ricochet does get a chance here for the U.S. title. I hope he does. But we'll have to wait and see what happens, however. Tonight, I'm going to go Ricochet in the five-way to win tonight. And I think Ricochet will beat Samoa Joe as well. As well. Uh, so there you have it, folks. Our thoughts as far as stomping grounds goes this Sunday. Of course, again, it is not sold out. It will be held at the Tacoma Dome, however, ladies and gentlemen, in Tacoma, Washington, if you will. 
Uh, John, if we can get out the plug, anything else you want to discuss on the air with everyone real quick, go right ahead. I will be right back in about five minutes. I just have to step out for a minute. Okay. Now, the weather forecast here, ladies and gentlemen, at the WCW radio desk tower. First, let's look in Toronto and tell you what's going on up there in the great white north of Toronto, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, today it is mostly cloudy right now, ladies and gentlemen, and 54 degrees. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny and 65. Wednesday, 68 and cloudy with sun and clouds. Light rain on Thursday and Friday, 63 and 66 respectively, however. And then, ladies and gentlemen, over the weekend, however, it will be 68, however, with partly cloudy skies. 65, however, on Sunday, and then 66 in rain on Sunday and Monday. So there you go, folks. That is right now what's going on in uh, Toronto, ladies and gentlemen. A very nice day for the Toronto Raptors parade, however, which is today, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, a chance of light rain maybe a little bit, however, although they're calling for heavy rain maybe somewhat on Thursday, if you will. Meanwhile, my neck of the woods, Pittsburgh, however, let's tell you what the weather looks like in the Steel City, ladies and gentlemen. Right now, at the moment, however, before we get anything else, it is 77 and cloudy. Tomorrow will be 79 with rain, however, 81 in rain on Wednesday, 75 in rain on Thursday. Friday, however, looks like a pretty good day with sun and clouds and 78, 80 in rain on Saturday, and then 82 and 80 respectively Sunday and Monday of next week. So it looks like rain pretty much all week long here in Pittsburgh. Meanwhile, let's take a look down in Front Royal, however, in John's neck of the woods. It is 85, mostly cloudy right now, however, tomorrow it will be 81 in rain. 83 in rain on Wednesday, 85 rain on Thursday, 80 with sun and clouds on Friday, but then again rain Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, 84, 85, 83 respectively from, uh, let's see, Saturday through Monday next week. So that is John's weather right now. Let's take a look and tell you what's going on in Palmyra, Virginia, in MLB's neck of the woods. It is 90 degrees with uh, clouds and sun right now. Tomorrow it will be 88 in rain, 86 in rain on Wednesday, 80. 7 in rain on Thursday, 85 and 89 respectively, Friday and Saturday with sun and clouds both days on in Palmyra. Sunday, however, will be 88 in rain, and then 89 next Monday with rain there. So that is the way it looks in MLD's neck of the woods, ladies and gentlemen, of Palmyra, Virginia. Meanwhile, in Tampa, our good friend in El Patel's neck of the woods, the rattlesnake himself, it is 86 right now, mostly cloudy, but tomorrow it will be rainy in 84. 87 in rain on Wednesday, but Thursday through next week looks pretty good. 89 hour on Thursday, 91 on Friday, 93 on Saturday, 90 on Sunday, and then 94 on Monday. So it is definitely warm in Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen. Meanwhile, down in Trinity, North Carolina, Mr. WCW's neck of the woods, ladies and gentlemen. It's sun and clouds today in 86 right now, but it will be rainy tomorrow. 85 in rain, 87 in rain on Wednesday, 
86 in rain on Thursday, but sunny on Friday and 89. 91 on Saturday, 93 on Sunday, and then 92 next Monday. So definitely you want to be careful with the heat and humidity there in Trinity, ladies and gentlemen. Meanwhile, finally in Anne Marie Rickenbach's neck of the woods, the Empress herself. It is 82 and mostly cloudy right now, but tomorrow will be 87 with sun and clouds. 91 in rain, 93 in rain on Wednesday and Thursday, respectively, but 96 on Friday, 94 on Saturday. Please be careful with the heat out there, especially in that neck of the woods. 84 in rain on Sunday, and then back to 85, however, on Monday. Meanwhile, however, here in the City of Angels, ladies and gentlemen, let's tell you what the weather looks like here for Monday Night Raw. Ladies and gentlemen, it is cloudy right now at the hour. It is 67 degrees. However, it's going to be sun and clouds throughout the day, 72, 74 tomorrow, 75 on Wednesday, back to 70 and 72, respectively, Thursday and Friday. Then, of course, 68 on Saturday, 72 on Sunday, and then 75 next Monday. So it looks pretty good here in the City of Angels, ladies and gentlemen. So that is not too bad. So that is the weather forecast for right now. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw, about what happened last Monday night in San Jose. A lot went down, as you know, of course, with what happened in the main event. We saw what happened prior to the Super Showdown, of course, what went down. Sorry about that, folks. I'm working on my phone here. We told you about what happened how last week, how it was Super Showdown and the aftermath that followed. John, a lot went down, of course, in Saudi Arabia. Of course, a lot of people not very impressed with the show, and especially towards the end of the show, however, the ratings showed with a 1.54. However, hopefully they'll pick it up tonight, however, especially with no hockey, no basketball on. But if there's anything you took out of last week's show, good or bad, we would like to hear your thoughts about it now. What did you take out of last week's show that was good? And what did you take away from the show that was not so good? Connie, are you there? Okay. No, apparently again... What's that? I didn't hear you there. No comment on that. Okay, no comment? Okay. Well, John didn't have much to say, folks. Uh, me, I don't know if I didn't take... Crap we see yeah. every day. Yes, I would agree. I would definitely agree with you. There are a lot of people not very impressed with last week's show, of course, especially with what happened in the main event involving Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. Of course, a lot of people not very impressed with the shenanigans, if you will. And ladies and gentlemen, we do have a caller on the line with us, so we're going to take this call right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a caller on with us. Uh, call us, take your name, and where you're from. Caller, you're on the air. JD. Yes. Hey, this is uh, Greg and Ty calling from the North Hills. Yes, Greg and Ty. Uh, welcome to our show. We're glad you're uh, listening to our show this fine uh, Monday afternoon. How are you this fine Monday? What can we help you with? Good. Hey, thanks for taking our call. We're first-time callers and listeners. So. Well, we're glad you're listening, and we appreciate you calling and calling any time. What can we help you with today with a question or comment? So, uh... You know, this whole Chris Archer deal with the, with the Pirates. Yes. They, uh, you know, Clint Hurdle and Ray Sears, they need to quit making excuses for this guy. It was one of the worst trades in franchise history, and it, frankly, he, he needs to go. So I just wanted to uh, get your personal opinion on that. Well, that's a very good point there, Greg, and Ty, and I'll answer it before I turn it over to John here. Um, I've been saying this ever since the very beginning. This was one of the worst deals in Pirates history. I mean, you talk about a guy who cannot last five innings half the time in his starts. I mean, this guy is giving up more home runs and keeping the ball 
out of the yard rather than in the yard. I mean, he is the major league guy in leading in leading with most home runs off with, I believe, 18. He doesn't listen to the scouting report all that very well. He averages between 80 and 90 pitches every start. He goes 4 right back in Okay, John, no problem. Well, John's stepping out. I'll continue this, and I'll let John's take on this. Uh, but, yeah, Greg and Ty, I mean, to answer your question, yeah, this is a guy who, I mean, when they first acquired him, how they thought, oh, this is a young kid who has a good attitude. He needs to get out of a bad situation in Tampa and not compete with, like, the Bostons, the Baltimores, and the Yankees and compete with Chicago, Milwaukee, and Cincy. But what has he done? I ask you, what has he done? He hasn't done hardly anything. I mean, he has been a flop. I mean, he's had a couple of nice starts here and there, yes. But at the end of the day, however, like I said, you look at the starts he's had within the last year of change. I mean, he can barely go four or five innings half the time. They always turn it over to the bullpen, and the bullpen either saves it for him and basically bails him out, or at the same time, he finds a way to blow up. And I think right now, however, it's time to just, you know what, I mean, he's in $7.5 million in change in his salary. If I'm freaking Dave Little, why am I saying Dave Little? If I am the Pirates right now, Fred Cooley and Bob Knight and all those guys in the league office right now, I think it's time to just say, you know what, here's your bags. Get ready to start packing them up, power, because you're going to be out of here at the trade deadline. I mean, I really think it's time for the Pirates yeah. to look for a young arm. But they can't, and I'll tell you why. Trevor Williams is coming back from an injury, however, this week. They need him. Jamison Taylor out of that lot rotation really hurts them, I think, even though Taylor in the last few years, however, has been very iffy, too. I think the Pirates need to go after a big arm. They could have had a chance to go after probably the biggest arm in free agency last winter in Dallas Kukul. And what did they do? They whiffed on it. They whiffed on it like a stinking piece of Limburger cheese, if you ask me. And they let it rot in the ocean into the water. So I'll tell you what. If the Pirates want to make a big splash this winter, you've got to go after a good arm. You've got a good outfield core with Marte, Polanco, and Dickerson. But Dickerson's not staying either, I feel. Polanco, he's iffy as well. Marte, I think he's on his way out of here. And I'll tell you, you've got a future kid right now in this Brian Reynolds kid. I love this kid. This kid is your future next great center field for the next 15 years, I feel. Hey, I'm going to say two things, and I'm going to hang up and listen. One, 60% of the runs that Archer has given up since he's been a Pirate have been on home runs. So oh, yeah. He's throwing too many meatballs across the plate. And then secondly, I'll say this last point, and then I'll let you go, and we will listen, that the Pirates drafted him based on his reputation the first couple years in the league. There's no doubt the last two years before they drafted him, if not three years, Archer was an average to below average pitcher. All you have to do is look, look at his statistics. So it's almost like Neil Huntington almost snowed the Pirates fan base by saying we're drafting Chris Archer just based purely on his reputation and name from his early part of his career. So again, well, you're, well, you're right. Back to what, let me, let me tell you history. one thing. One thing he, they did not do. You're, you're, you're kind of, you're right in that sense. But they did not draft him. They got him in that trade, if you remember, with Tyler Glass now. Right, right, Ryan right. Meadows. But I mean, that's, you talk about meant, Gla- yeah. I, that's all right. I understand what you meant. But talking about Glass now, Meadows for a minute. Get back to what you were saying about, and I'll talk more about Archer here again in just a minute. As far as Glass now, Meadows goes, Glass now was a pretty good pitcher and was one of your better middle relief guys and almost a spot starter when you needed to have a guy come in in a certain situation. Meadows, if you ask me, was the biggest disappointment to me in giving up that part of the deal. I thought this guy next before this guy came up, who's playing right now center field, this uh, Reynolds kid, had a great future ahead of him. I thought he was going to be one of the next big prospects coming. 
coming up, and instead they trade him away. You're right about Archer. He keeps the, he just he's gone gone over the scouting reports and said, I know what I'm supposed to throw. I know I'm supposed to throw it. No, you're not. Like I said, you're giving up too many home runs this year. You've given up 17 or 18, and that's the most in the league by any standard. And like I said, when he got when they got him in the deal, they thought, oh, he needed to change his scenery. He's still young. He's a good enough arm. He just needs the big attitude adjustment. How he needs to find a way to get back into sync and maybe find a way to find himself in his groove. Well, guess what? He's not playing, like I said, the Boston, New Yorks, and the Baltimores anymore. No, 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 no. He's playing Chicago. He's playing Milwaukee. He's playing Cincinnati. And what has he done? He's failed every single time. So like I said, if I'm the GM right now, the Pirates, and if I'm the ownership power, I would start maybe looking at possibly packing up his locker within the next few weeks. I think he's not going to stay for much longer at this point. This keeps up. Yeah, Serge and um, um, Hurdle, they need to quit making excuses for this guy and referring to him as their ace because he and, is and Ray, and Ray Serge is another guy that. I think right now that and, and that coach he's got to go. He's got to go. Yeah. I think Ray Search is one of those coaches, yes, I agree. Hurdle, I don't think so much because you, you still have a little faith in him. But as far as Ray Search as a pitching coach goes, yes, I think it's time for him to pack his bags too. I think he's, he's played his role. He's had too many failures, him. pitching failures. Way too many. I agree. Yes, I agree. I All right, bud. Hey, it was great. It was good, I'm glad I called in. I'm going to hang up and listen to your show now. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, guys. And, again, please call in next Monday, and we're here every Monday. So please feel free to call again. All right, J.D., we're out of here. See you, bud. Uh, see ya. All right, that was Greg and Ty from the All right, that was Greg and Ty from the North Hills of Pittsburgh. However, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do want to thank them for coming in. John, uh, we were just talking a little bit about this Chris Archer thing with the Pirates, and I've told you what I thought about Archer in the past, both on and offline. However, uh, let's get your take. I mean, it seems like uh, Greg brought up some very good points. This Archer kid just just continues to struggle. And like I said, when you have a guy who came all the way from Tampa and was not competing with like Baltimore, Boston, New York, to compete with like uh, Milwaukee, Chicago, Cincinnati, St. Louis. He's just not getting up pitching. I mean, mm-hmm. he's throwing four or five innings a game. He's throwing 80 or 90 pitches, however. He's going way too much in the, deep in the count. I mean, yesterday, he was cruising for the first three innings against Miami, however. He had 40 pitches going in, however. He was doing okay. But in that fourth inning, he gave about 50 pitches in one inning. One inning. And before wow. he was over, he said 90. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sorry. The kid's in his mid-20s. I understand you're paying him $7 million change. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But at the end of the day, however, you just got to realize, however, that this is not the answer. This was not supposed to be one of your top aces. This was supposed to be one of your top, like I said, not one of your bigger aces. If there was an ace that would have been kept on the staff this year, it was Jamison Tayon or Trevor Williams. Like I said, Trevor Williams has filled himself back onto the roster. I understand that. Also, Jamison Tayon is not going to be back to the after the All-Star break. Right now, the Pirates right now, the reason why they're not scoring enough and producing enough is A, pitching, and also B, hitting. Besides Josh Bell, the only other guy that has had some pop in his bat lately is like Sterling Marte, Gregory Polanco, or possibly this Brian Reynolds kid who's only 24 years old and I think your future center fielder. Other than that, however, there's a lot of other big question marks. Colin Moran, yeah, he's kind of okay as a platoon guy at third base. Jung Ho Khan, the Korean they brought back, however, after like a few years away being in Korea and some personal issues, they brought him back for $5 million this year. And what has he done? Absolutely jack squat. He's only hitting 145, 150. I'm sorry, it's time to pack his bags too. Francisco Cervelli, he was supposed to be a great catcher. What has he done this year? He's injured too much and he's batting a buck 60. I'm sorry, it's time to make changes in the office. And it goes from the top on down in the ownership. And I hate to say it with Hurdle. I'm not going to say Hurdle should be fired. But I'll tell you right now, Howard, if I'm Clint Hurdle right now, if this continues, I would start looking for employment elsewhere. 
I really would. And I agree. So we'll see. But speaking of ball teams, let's talk about your ball team, the Nationals. Uh, I've been having, having kept up on them lately. Uh, I know they're trying their best. Uh, one thing before you ask me, who is uh, Greg? Uh, Greg is a first-time caller, apparently. Greg is a first-time caller. Uh, we want to thank him for coming on the line, however. And uh, we do. And uh, his son, Tyler, uh, apparently, uh, we're listening to our show today. We want to thank them for uh, coming on the line. Uh, but I did hear something, John, that tonight, of course, that the Nats and the Phillies are going to renew acquaintances. But now there's talk, Howard, and I don't know if you heard this or not, John, there is rumor going around right now that possibly Max Scherzer could be on his way out of Washington. No, the, no, yes. no, 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 no. CBS Sports is reporting that they are talking with two years to go left on his contract that Max Scherzer is possibly packing his bags and heading for the Big Apple and being in pinstripes. First off, however, there is no way, there is no way, and I will agree with you, there is no way in H-E-W you know where, however, that the Nats would give him up that quickly. Or Vince McMahon saying no chance in hell for that. Exactly. But... This is the report, I'd rather see him be in the red Sox. Yeah, I would too. But this is what they're saying here. This is the rumor, according to Mike Rizzo, over the weekend. This is what Mike Rizzo said, Howard. He does not intend to trade Scherzer. But he did tell Ken Rosenhall this, Howard, the athletic over the weekend. We're certainly not thinking about that right now. We control the best baseball pitcher for the next two and a half years. Three playoff runs. He's extremely well-priced. If you look at his contract, he's extremely well-priced. We would have to command something that would be franchise-altering to consider moving him. First off, I agree with that. And like I said, looking at today, Howard, the Nats are 33-38 and 38 in fourth place. Yet, they have won 9-14 and are just about eight games behind Philadelphia and six behind Philadelphia. Starting, of course, with a four-game set tonight with Philly. I'll tell you right now, if you win all four of these games against the Phillies, who are banged up right now, and they are banged up because of missing Andrew McCutcheon, the big former Pirate superstar who tore his ACL a few weeks ago and just had surgery a week and a half. Have a good night, man. We want to wish... Uh, Cuts a very speedy recovery because it's going to be a while until we see him back on the diamond again until maybe next year. I'll tell you right now, you win all four of those games, you're back to within three or four games going into the end of June, first week of July, and you're right there for the taking. You could overtake the Phillies very quickly. You better hope that Scherzer stays healthy. You need Strasburg to start changing his tune a little bit because Strasburg's been up and down this year a little bit. But I'll tell you right now, if you win these four against Philly and if Scherzer just stays healthy, however, and doesn't go on the I.L., or if the Nats don't have any big calamity injuries in the next week or two before the break, then the Nats could really turn things around and turn their season around in one false swoop. And I'm telling you right now, I think they will. I'm going to say it here and now. They will sweep the Philadelphia Phillies, however, in all four. And if they do, like I said, they're back to within four games, and they're right there for the taking going into July into the All-Star break. Because I'll tell you right now, however, this is a team that could be very scary in the second half of the year if they can stay healthy and can get the pitching to uh, come together with Strasburg and Scherzer. I really can't. Otherwise, if they start falling apart, however, like I said, if they fall apart, however, and Scherzer continues to be their ace, however, then they might have no choice to give up Scherzer. And that would be a bummer because then you're going to have to put Strasburg in as the new ace and the number one guy. And that would be a lot of pressure on him. And if that's the case, then the Nets could really just really drop fast and the well could fall out from underneath him. So I don't see it happening. But as far as my team goes, I think right now they've got to go on a big win streak too. Right now, however, the Pirates are seven games out. However, they still have a lot of ground to catch up. However, as far as Milwaukee and Chicago, can they do it? We'll have to wait and see. Only time will tell on that. Okay. Uh, let's give you the number again, ladies and gentlemen. one 
Yes, very too early, yes. Uh, caller ID, one three eight seven four four pound This is uh, Monday, July 17th, 2019, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, the Iceman, along with the Human Suplex Machine, live here, ladies and gentlemen, here at episode 194. Uh, again, we, have, uh, we do want to thank our very special caller, Greg, and his son, Ty. Unless they have another call, question or comment, however, here on the air, we'd like to hear from them. Or if anyone else wants to make a call or comment, however, we're here until about 5 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, however. So uh, let's take a look and tell you what else is going on the news reel here this afternoon. Of course, we already mentioned, of course, the big news over the weekend with Anthony Davis, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, uh, I just saw this, John, and you're going to laugh at this. How this is pretty wild, however, believe it or not, however. We heard that the parade was earlier today, however, in uh, Toronto, as we said, however. And yes, folks, over a million and a half people packed in downtown Toronto today. So yes, it was a party atmosphere this afternoon in T-Town itself, the home of our good friend King N.W.O. Gerard T. Smith, back of the woods, as they had reason to celebrate and, let's just say, get the party started in a big-time way, ladies and gentlemen. As a result, over a million and a half people, ladies and gentlemen, packed into downtown Toronto today and outside the Scotiabank Palace, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. They were definitely having a good time. Kawhi Leonard definitely had a lot to say, however, about uh, his MVP-type uh, playoff run, if you will, ladies and gentlemen and definitely uh, had a few choice words to say to the general public. Now, there has been talk, of course, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, about him possibly staying with the Raptors or possibly going elsewhere. Uh, my opinion about this is I do think he will stay, but at what price will the Raptors have to give him? That remains to be seen. I think he was one of the better players in the playoffs this year. That excludes Kevin Durant. That excludes Steph Curry. That even excludes Clay Thompson and C. Paul III and James Harden. I thought Kawhi Leonard was just absolutely a beast through the finals, however, I do think, however, he will stay with Toronto unless someone comes in at the 11th hour and makes a bona fide offer to acquire him in some type of trade. Of course, the NBA draft is this Thursday, as you know, the New Orleans Pelicans are drafting number one, and everyone says that uh, Zion Williamson, yes, the big Z-man himself, the 19-year-old freshman uh, who would have been a sophomore at Duke, ladies and gentlemen, however, will be the numero uno pick, however, in the lottery, followed by John Morant and also... um, R.J. Barrett of the Duke Blue Devils, how at number three. Uh, my thoughts are, I've said before about Zion, however, I do think he will go to New Orleans. I think he will be the next big face of that city, however, I think, however, unless someone else makes a trade for him. Cleveland, I do think, will take Moran at two. I can see them going with him at two, but I can also see a surprise shakeup at two. Uh, with the Knicks, however, at three, see, the Knicks, to me, however, have just been the most unluckiest team in the last 20-some years, ever since Pat Ewing retired. And they need a new face. They need a big franchise guy to lift them up from the basement up. They're sort of like the major league of the NBA. They're like, uh, they get the crowds at MSG, don't get me wrong. They also get a lot of people that uh, watch them and have watched them over the years. But I'll tell you right now, that whole front office in James Dolan is a joke. The guy is a joke, if you ask me. And uh, like I said, however, that being said, however, I do think they need a new face and a new name to lead that franchise. Whether that's R.J. Barrett or not, I do think that is the case. I think R.J. Barrett would be the perfect guy to step in, however, if you ask me. And really give uh, that team a lot of spark. I really do. So I think that's the guy that they're going with at number three. Again, they could surprise you and maybe not draft him at three. But I'll tell you right now, if Morant doesn't go to two to Cleveland, I can see him sliding to three at New York and possibly then maybe uh, Barrett goes to two at Cleveland. Again, we're going to find out in the next like 48 or 72 hours uh, how many deals are going to be made. Because there's going to be some big trades coming. I mean, we already saw one of them over the weekend with Anthony Davis. The next deal I could see happening, maybe, and I said this last week, maybe, 
could be Clay Thompson. I think he's on his way out of Golden State. I think Golden State uh, might have to deal with him and his $10 million salary. Whether or not they want to keep him, that remains to be seen. I don't really know, but I think right now with the way the Warriors are, Howard, especially being minus two guys for the next year in Thompson and Kevin Durant, if I'm the Warriors right now, I would start listening to some offers and maybe trying to make someone either sign me up, Howard, and maybe acquire my services for the next few years or maybe tell them to take a pay cut. I don't know what they're going to do, but I'll tell you right now, if I'm the Warriors, I would start looking at maybe what is going beyond this year and whether or not this dynasty can still stay together. I do think it can stay together, don't get me wrong, but I do think, however, it's going to take a miracle for them to get back to the final sanction. Right now, I think with Durant hurt, especially the way he got hurt this playoff uh, last round or so, and I think with Thompson tearing his ACL, that is going to be a very big uh, question mark overhanging them, however, heading into next season. But we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Uh, I do believe, uh, I'm trying to think if we uh, got any more on the, anyone else on the line. Of course, uh, if uh, our good friend uh, Greg is with us still today. Uh, Greg, if you have another question or comment, wrestling-related or anything else sports-related, we'll be glad to answer for you. Otherwise, uh, we'll be hearing from, hopefully here shortly, uh, some of our other people, including Mr. WCW himself and the Queen of Madness herself, along with the King of Madness here this afternoon. Uh, the time is 4.15 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, and of course, as you know, we've already told you uh, some of the stuff that will be happening uh, tonight and also in wrestling. Let's take a look and tell you right now what's going on as far as that goes. Uh, we can tell you, however, that these are the tournament blocks, however, for the G1 Supercard show that will be coming up on the 6th of July, and here are the competitors, as we told you, ladies and gentlemen, however, that is, we've already listed the A block. Now, here is the B block that you will see in that G1 Climax tournament. It will be Juice Robinson, Tomohiro Ishii, Toro Yanu, Hiroki Goto, Jeff Cobb, uh, Naito, Shingo Takaji, Tai Chi, Jay White, and the artist formerly known as John Moxley, known as Dean Ambrose. And speaking of Dean Ambrose, uh, John, did you get a chance at all to watch that Dean Ambrose match uh, that he had recently with Juice Robinson from Japan? No, I didn't. I'll tell you what, though, you want to talk about one of the better matches of the year, ladies and gentlemen. That was a very entertaining match, and if you get a chance, Howard, definitely you might want to check that out. It was worth watching. Uh, I do believe now, I believe we have a caller on the line with us, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see if we do have a caller on the line. I believe we are, uh, we'll check here in a second. Uh, yes, I believe he is with us right now on caller. State your name and where you're from, please. Hello, caller. Okay, apparently we do not have the caller with us. I thought we did have a caller with us here. I know I've seen it on the phone here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, I thought we were expecting, uh, like I said, a caller here today. We thought we were going to hear from uh, uh, anyone else today, of course, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, we are expecting, of course, as we said, Mr. WCW here in just a few moments, ladies and gentlemen, here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and we will be hearing from them here in just a few moments here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, like I said, however, we will be working on this just a second here, folks. Uh, like I said, we are expecting uh, some other callers uh, due to call in today, ladies and gentlemen. However, so please bear with us. We are still efforting, like I said, to try to get some other people on the line with us. However, uh, hopefully we'll be hearing from our... Uh, caller last week, if he does call in, uh, we said he, he did tell me that he was going to try to make it in at some point this afternoon, Mike, as well as another caller, but we have not been able to confirm that it's been accurate yet or not. Huh. However, we will 
keep you up to date with this story. Uh, that being said, let's see if uh, now we uh, have anyone else uh, joining us on the call or right, thing right now. Uh, but before we do, as we said, folks, don't forget tonight, ladies and gentlemen, at 11 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, on FacebookLive.com. John will have a lot to talk about, including the aftermath of um, Monday Night Raw, as well as a preview of Stomping Grounds, ladies and gentlemen. And that should be very interesting. I know John is looking forward to uh, talking to you all about that, and he will definitely have a lot to say about Stomping Grounds, and I'm sure other things, ladies and gentlemen, as far as that goes, ladies and gentlemen, however... Uh, I did see, however, recently, John, I don't know if you heard or not, there was a report going around saying that a large amount of AEW superstars could be heading over to AEW, uh, WWE from AEW. Uh, they have not said which ones are going to be available. One of the names that has been discussed uh, quite frequently, and I want to get your take on this, however, is uh, the boss herself, Sasha Banks. Uh, what is your take on the latest uh, developments involving WWE and AEW? Uh... It's pretty pretty much tense. <laughs> I can get I can tell you that much. Yes, yes, I yes I would agree. However, and uh, I can tell you uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, according to reports, ladies and gentlemen, uh, from what we have heard, ladies and gentlemen, however, uh, like I said, however, this is what I've heard, and this I do want to thank Forlan Mania for reporting this story. We do understand, however, that, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, NXT TakeOver Cardiff has been sold out. It's close to being sold out, ladies and gentlemen. That's why it's sold out, with only wow. a few seats remaining. Yes. As of this morning, the show has been announced for Saturday, August 31st, at the Motor Point Arena in Cardiff, Wales. So for you NXT TakeOver fans who are in jolly old uh, England and other places like Ireland, Scotland, and Wales, there are only a few seats left as of this morning for that. So folks... Uh, Try to get your tickets soon, however, mm-hmm. if you can, for that big event. And also, ladies and gentlemen, however, speaking of stomping grounds, however, we can tell you right now, however, ladies and mm-hmm. gentlemen, this is what I had heard, however, believe it, this is what I just read moments ago. According to reports, however, from Russell mm-hmm. Bush, however, WWE is seemingly aware, mm-hmm. however, that ticket sales have been low for the show, and they say that they plan to, quote, shake up the card, if you will, for this Sunday. So we'll see what that means and what that could mean, ladies and gentlemen. But I do believe right now we might have a caller on the phone with us, however. It could be a surprise. We don't really know yet. Uh, but let's uh, take a look and see if that is the case here. Caller, are you with us right now? Okay, apparently uh, the caller is still... I thought there was a call wait, uh, for us, waiting for us, however. Someone was going to give us a call here. But apparently that is not the case here today. Okay, Uh but uh, we're still efforting, folks. Hopefully we'll be hearing from some of you all before the 5 o'clock hour, if you will. Um, uh, so. We have a lot of new guests here lately. I'm... Yes, uh, I'm very impressed myself here, and I have to say, however, uh, like I said, uh, but uh, yes, uh, like I said, I've, I've been impressed myself even. Yes, I would have to agree with you there, John. Yes, we've had some surprises, I mean. Of course, uh, some new callers uh, listening in, a couple of them for the first time. We do want to thank them. Of course, last week we had Mike, a new caller to the scene. We also heard from... Where uh, was Greg he? Where is he from? Uh, Greg, Mike. Uh, Mike, I believe, is from the... He said he was from the South Hills of Pittsburgh. My neck of the woods out there by Fonzie's neck of the woods. So he was out there. And today, from my area in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, how we heard uh, Greg, of course, and his son, Ty, 
who were listening in for the first time. We do want to thank them both for coming in on the show this afternoon. Uh, we thought we were going to hear, of course, at some point from the Rattlesnake and El Patel. We have still not heard from him yet this afternoon, but we do hope to hear from him hopefully before the 5 o'clock hour. But if not, uh, don't forget tonight, our knowledge on show, however, but uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and now and I will be on the Chris Peep show with the Z, ladies and gentlemen, at 11 p.m. Of course, the same time John's show is, but you can check out also the Chris Peep show along with John's show, ladies and gentlemen, on YouTube.com. Join Chris's friends, including our good friend, the Friday Night Delight, Danny from Oak Park, ladies and gentlemen, however, mind you, along with, of course, yours truly, however, myself, along with uh, the Rattlesnake and El Patel and the rest of the gang, of course, from his show, ladies and gentlemen, however. And as I said earlier today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, moments ago, a little while ago, uh, I do want to express my thoughts and prayers to my very special friend uh, in South Africa today, who a few days ago suffered probably the biggest and most heartbreaking tragedy of them all, as she lost uh, a couple of people very special close to her. And I just want to say on behalf of myself and John and the rest of the gang here at the show, our thoughts and prayers are with you and your family at this time, certainly. And I know, I can understand what you're going through at this point. This is just not fair, and this is not really right, if you want to say that loose and say that correctly. But, uh, yeah, this is just very, very tragic to say the least. So definitely uh, our thoughts and prayers are with my friend and uh, her family today after suffering a very, very special, well, I wouldn't say special, but a very heartbreaking tragedy, if you will, my mistake. I didn't mean to say special. Sorry about that, folks. I'm kind of tongue-tied there, but what I was trying to say is uh, my heart goes out to them today as they lost uh, two people that were very special to them, if you will. And I believe we have another caller on the caller ID right now. Caller, state your name. Where are you from, please? This is Mike from the South Hills. Yes, Mike, we are expecting your call. We heard from Greg and his son, Ty, earlier from the North Hills of uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, what can we help you with today? Well, I want to know what you think about the criticism that the women's soccer team is getting for beating Thailand 13 to nothing. Well, you know what? I'm not a soccer guy per se, and I don't think my cohort is, but maybe he'll share his thoughts with me here in a minute. And give well, you guys you should know. be. You know, this is a sports talk show. Yes, but we rarely talk soccer. But you know what? I'm going to answer with a simple uh, answer. I think it's unjust. I think they have no reason to talk, however, unless they've played the sport themselves, however, unless these people have better things to do than scratch their butts all day, however, then I just think it's absolutely asinine <laughs> that they would uh, say something like that. But uh, you know what, however, they've won two games already. They've been real easy games. they got a big test coming up on Thursday, however, against Sweden. They should pass that with flying colors. I don't think they're going to face anyone tough just yet, however. But once they start getting further and further in this tournament, however, we'll see how they manage along. But uh, they're off to a good start, i got to admit, however, but I haven't been watching. Uh, John, would you care to comment on the uh, U.S. women's soccer team's criticism? Uh, I agree. I agree. I agree. All right. I think you guys have got the right idea, but I'll ask you a question about the Steelers. Yes. Because you guys are noted, yes, you're, you're noted football. sports Steeler fans, you know? Yes, there's you quite know? a bit of us in the Steelers. Well, yes. well, well, Mike. Well, Mike. John's the only one who's not a Steeler fan, Mike. I can tell you right now, he's in uh, the nation's capital down there in Washington, D.C. I'm in the nation's capital, Mike. I'm sorry, He's a Redskin man, but that's okay. We'll... Grow him on this end. But, yes, go ahead with your question on the black and gold. We'd like to hear your uh, well, thoughts, please. Well, I'm not sure where they're going to finish this year, but uh, I'm just not uh, a big fan of the way this team is going. I don't think there's any discipline on the team, okay? Yeah. I mean, forget about Bell and Brown. Those two bums are gone. 
Yes. But uh, I think this team needs discipline. Somebody left the family you know? here. Huh? Sorry about that. No, Mike said something. Uh, John said something there. Mike, we were listening to what you were saying. No, and I I'll, just I'll, don't think you – yeah, because I, I don't think you see the kind of antics that went on there in the Patriots dressing room. No, you don't. But the thing is, though, you look at that situation and look at the Patriots here, okay? The Patriots are just like, I mean, in a way, like this too. They play in an easy division, Howard. But the thing is, though, I think now, compared to us, Howard, to the Patriots, the AFC North is going to be a little tougher. And I'm going to say why. I mean, even though I don't like the Bengals, I don't like Andy Dalton, I think the Bengals might be a joke. I mean, they're really bad. Well, but wait a minute. The is- discipline is not confined to what, what division they're in. Discipline no, is a, no, is a not, team no, effort saying, that goes I'm, I'm on in the locker room. Division. Right, I'm not saying it's confined to the division. You're right, but I'm telling you, the division's a little different, and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you what, how I think this is going to finish this year. And I'm going to get John Salt on this too. First off, as far as the division, let's look at each division separately. In the AFC East, Tower, New England division, you have Buffalo, Miami, and the Jets. New England is always on the top of the mountain, Howard. No one can stop them, and no one can argue that, Howard, because of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, the great Tom Brady. Miami, they're not that great. They're always in the middle or next to last. Buffalo, they're trying to improve their situation, even though they got a half-decent, okay, fair quarterback and out. And the Jets, I'm sorry, they might be the laughing stock of the whole league this year. I mean, Sam Darnold's okay, don't get me wrong, but I think Adam Gase was a bad hire for the Jets. And as far as Le'Veon Bell goes, I think it's not going to be for long. We've already heard him whining, bitching, and complaining already in New York. I think he's going to be finding himself really on the, uh, really, uh, let's just say, have his throat basically... Well, here, here's the good thing about it. The, Jets office. the New York press will, the New York press will criticize, crucify him, which he deserves. Oh, yes, no, no question. Know? Yeah, the, no, no question. I agree with you, Mike. Yes, the Post and the Times and the New York Daily News will criticize him. Now, whereas in the AFC North, let's go back to the North for a minute here, you look at Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Baltimore, okay? Pittsburgh, you're right, Howard, has had no discipline the last few years, Howard, even longer than that, Howard. Ben Roethlisberger's getting older, however, and you got a future quarterback in Mason Rudolph. I'll be right back, you also got a, All right, no problem, John. you got Mason Rudolph, and you got a decent backup behind Rudolph. So you're going to see a battle in that in camp. Also, Howard, I think you got one of the best upcoming backs, Howard, barring injury, barring anything else, Howard, in James to Jack Hunter. You also got a good speedy wide on Juju Schuster. Hopefully you have some good hands in James Washington in that department this year, and maybe also in your tight end department as well, in Vance Dirty white boy McDonald, however. That being said, I think the big criticism of the series is going to be their defense. Still, you have no true linebacker. You just lost Arthur Motes in retirement a week ago. You got two at coming back. You got TJ Watt coming back, and you got Cam Hayward coming back. Those three guys are the glue of this team. The safety concern, the safety spot is also a concern for me. Yes, you still have Artie Burnt Burns, who can't cover himself, let alone a cold. You also have Sean Davis coming back and playing out his last year of his contract. I think that's where the Steelers' criticism lays more than anything is their defensive secondary and corner secondary. I'm going to say it here and now. The Steelers right now at this point could be a 10-6 and six squad this year. You look at that squad season schedule, you've got Seattle, you've got the Rams, you've got the Colts, you've got New England, you've got uh, Miami, you've got the Jets, you've got Frisco. Right now, Howard, those are some tough games. Now, looking ahead down the standings, Howard, Baltimore, I don't like Harbaugh. I never have liked Harbaugh. I never will like Harbaugh. You got rid of Joe Flacco last year. You got a good kid in Lamar Jackson. I think Baltimore could surprise, and I'm saying maybe, 
maybe surprise you a little. But again, I think Baltimore's still a little iffy. Cleveland, they're talking like, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to be the team to be. Well, guess what? You've got Baker Mayfield. You've got also Odell Beckham, who right now has already made a little bit of a boo-boo by ticking off his coaches and his fellow teammates. If he gets his head of his rear end, however, I think he'll be a great wideout and a big addition to this team, along with Kareem Hunt, who has to serve at least two months. That's going to be where Cleveland's really going to have a little tough time in, because right now, other than Duke Johnson, who wants out of Cleveland, however, and he's still been whining about since the draft, who else do you have at star running back? Nick Chubb, right? Nick Chubb's good. He's a good fullback, and he's a bruiser, but you're going to need another big bruiser to help you out carry and wind the load. And right now you don't have that, especially with Kareem Hunt out of the line. Defensively, I think they're okay. Miles Garrett, I think, will get better this year. I think Miles Garrett, and you can quote me on this here and now, Miles Garrett, barring injury, barring anything else, will make it to the Pro Bowl this year. He will be a Pro Bowler. I think he's very good. He's very fast. He showed that in college at Texas A&M, and I think he has the tools to do it. Right now, Howard, I think Cleveland Howard is looking up right now and going up from here. But again, it all depends on Beckham and Hunt. If those two basically get on the same page, and if Baker just keeps his head about like he did towards the end of last year, then the Browns are going to be the team to beat. Right now, this is the way I look at the standings. Pittsburgh 10-6, and six, Baltimore maybe 9-7, since he may be 8-8, at best, because I do think A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd at receiver will give Andy Dalton something to hope for. But again, Andy Dalton is not the answer to QB, I feel. But again, they have to go after something else, I feel. But right now, I'm going to say it here now. You're going to think I'm goofy, but I'm going to say right now, I think the Browns win the division at 12-4. and I think they have the talent. I think they have the horses to do it. And I think they're going to hold off Pittsburgh. They're going to capture the division. Well, I'm going to tell you I'm something I think is. what's going to go wrong with these two new quarterbacks for Baltimore and Cleveland. All right? You got guys essentially rookies. They haven't been that. I mean, Lamar Jackson hasn't been playing too long, right? No, this is the second or third year. This will be Okay. And this is going to be a second year for Baker Mayfield. Baker. Correct. Yes. When those two guys start running and these defenses take a shot at them, we'll see what happens. You know? Oh, I agree. I don't I think – and Lamar Jackson is not a big, healthy guy. And Baker Mayfield takes some risks, and I think the two of those guys are going to get knocked on their rear ends, and they're going to, have to suffer some injuries. And that's going to be the telling tale for both of those two teams. Well, Lamar, I agree with you, because Lamar was that way at Louisville. And I remember when he was yeah. at Louisville, he did a lot of that. He, yeah. he reminds you, he's, yeah. a cross, he's a cross between Mike Vick when Mike Vick was in the league, and he's also got a little bit of Cordell Stewart in him. Yes, he's a big boy, and he can handle himself. But can he handle it, like you said, against bigger defenses? We'll see. This like is, this last is, we'll season, see. Yeah. This is his breakout year. With Mayfield, yeah. I think, Howard, he's got to keep his head about him, Howard, and I do think, Howard, barring injury or anything else, Howard, hopefully he won't turn to another Sam Bradford. I do think, Howard, he has the potential to ignore the Sam Bradford claims and all the uh, hearsay, Howard, to be a superstar. Whether or not that will happen this year, we'll have to wait and see. Last year, however, you had Tyrod Taylor start the season, and then, of course, you saw all the drama that went on between Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley, and then all of a sudden, that thing changed in midseason. Now this is the first real true full season, like you said, with Mayfield under the ship. And plus, you've got a new coach and a new staff. Let's see how you handle yourself on opening day. All right. We'll see what happens. All right. All right. You have any other questions, Mike? We'll be glad yeah. to answer No, right I, I think you've covered it pretty good. Okay? All right. Well, we'll, we'll talk, talk to, to you, you soon. All right. Thanks Thank a lot, you. Mike. We'll talk Bye. to you. Bye. Wow.
Yo, JD, you there? JD? I believe JD left. Okay, you back, John? Yes. Okay, well, we just got finished with Mike, however, and we do want to thank Mike for coming in. Uh, we were talking about the, like I said, we know you're in Washington, and we're going to be talking some football here within the next few weeks, however. Uh, I'm going to get your take on what I said to Mike as far as uh, what the Steelers look like this year and also what the Patriots look like in the AFC East. I mean, what's your take on how both uh, teams in both divisions go before we break down your division? Well, I've heard everything. I've heard everything. I can say I agree with, with all of that. Yes, yes, definitely. No question about it. And speaking of division, let's take a look at your division, Howard. I mean, you got Washington, Philadelphia, uh, Dallas, and New York. Before we talk about that, I must say I'm very impressed by these callers. Yes, I am too, and we definitely uh, encourage them to call again now. I definitely, we definitely are glad that we heard from both these gentlemen today, and however. And those hackers. <laughs> yes. And like I said, they're definitely uh, like, like I said, they're definitely worthy, and we definitely uh, appreciate them coming on the line. But like I said, let's look at your division now, involving Washington, Dallas, New York, and Philly. Uh, as far as what I see in that division, how I think this year, how I do think Washington will be a little bit better. Uh, Philadelphia and Carson Wentz getting all that money is it he worth it, and is it going to pay off for him and really uh, come up big on him? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Dak Prescott, there's already been discussion about him maybe getting a new contract in Dallas, possibly bigger than Carson Wentz's contract that he just got a week ago of over $30 million in change for the next five years. There's already talk that possibly Dak could be getting a contract of $35, 38000000 million for the next five or six years. So is he worth it like uh, Carson Wentz? Time will tell. Again, I don't think either one of those guys, Wentz and Dak, are worth it. That's just me saying that. But at the end of the day, we'll have to wait and see if they are going to be worth it. And uh, down the road when they uh, start uh, proving it. But right now, I do think that both of these guys are way overpaid, referring to Dak and Wentz. I do think Wentz, however, has got to stay healthy this year if they want to win that division, in your division especially, John. Uh, Dallas, I think, however, I think Jason Garrett's on the um, rumor mill of possibly being let go if he doesn't turn around this year, even though they're talking about signing I said Dak to a new deal. And they're also talking about maybe extending possibly Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott's deal. But I do think Jason Garrett is on the hot seat down there in Dallas. The G-men, I think, will be a little bit better, but not by much. I still think, Howard, the big question is, will Eli Manning uh, this be it for Eli Manning? I mean, they did draft Daniel Jones in the draft for uh, a reason, to take over the spot of Eli to be the next starter. Uh, I think you're going to see, just like what Mayfield was last year, yeah, I think at some point you're going to see Eli making it at some point. So we'll see what happens there. And, uh, I said, however, I do believe, however, we have another caller on the call with us right now. So let's turn that over to him right now. Caller, are you with us right now? Okay. 
Uh, I thought we were having a caller there. Apparently not. Okay. Um, but as I was saying, as far as the Giants go, however, I do think the Giants, however, have got to improve their situation. I think they kind of did that in the off season. However, whether or not that will work, however, that remains to be seen. Uh, like I said, I don't know if uh, he will be the answer, however, referring to Jones, but we'll have to wait and see. I do think Eli Manning is just not near the end of his career at this point. I don't know why that the Giants even kept him around this off season because I thought he was going to retire. But they figure, oh, he needs one more year, maybe one more year to prove himself. Well, guess what? I'll believe when I see it. And, I mean, right now I do think, however, that the Giants' office, however, uh, they could have had anyone else in this draft. I mean, they could have gone after Devin Bush. They could have gone after, like I said, Kyler Murray. They could have gone after Dwayne Haskins, you know. Each of those guys, they could have. But speaking of Dwayne Haskins, John, you got Dwayne Haskins, Howard, and I think a lot of people in Washington are very excited to see this former Buckeye shine in the nation's capital. Oh, yeah. And we're going to see what happens. I mean, we're going to definitely see what happens. I mean, looking at the schedule, folks, I mean, right now we can tell you it's going to be very interesting. I mean, the NFL season is not that far away. Uh, we can tell you right now, looking ahead here, and uh, I'm going to pull it up here, ladies and gentlemen. However, uh, right now here, I'll uh, see here. Uh, we told you earlier, let's see here. Um, one second. We can tell you right now, looking at the schedule, it's going to be very interesting. Of course, John's team has got a very interesting schedule ahead of them this year. In fact, Tower, here is their schedule in case you're curious, ladies and gentlemen. They will open up the preseason, of course, with Cleveland in Cleveland, Tower, and then they open up at home the following week against Cincinnati at home, followed by preseason games, however, at Atlanta and Baltimore. So, John, only one preseason game at home, or two preseason home games, I should say, excuse me. <coughs> but then... Talk about a big challenge right out of the gate, folks. I mean, this is how brutal John's schedule is. And then we'll talk about the Steelers here in a minute, too. Uh, John's team opens up, of course, at home with the Eagles, Tower on the first Sunday of the regular season. Then, of course, that game is in Philly, by the way. Then they're home against Dallas in the opener, followed by a Monday nighter against Chicago at New York on Sunday afternoon. Uh, home against New England at Miami home against uh, Frisco, at Minnesota on a Thursday night, however, mind you, at Buffalo, home against the Jets, home against Detroit, however, the week before Thanksgiving, at Carolina the first week of December, at Green Bay, home against the Eagles on my birthday, home against the Giants before Christmas, and then at Dallas. So there you go, folks, some very tough uh, games by the Redskins this year. So, John, I'll ask you here and now, what do you think your uh, team's record looks like this year? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. Indeed, no question. No question about it. And how about tough schedules? Let's take a look at my team now, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You talk about a brutal schedule, like I said, folks. They are going to be really having a brutal schedule this year. This is the way their schedule looks like, folks. Home against Tampa, home against Kansas City, at Tennessee and Carolina to close out the preseason. But then they open up the regular season against the defending champs, Brady and the uh, Patsies, if you will, at New England. Home against Seattle, that's going to be a very tricky game. At Frisco, home on a Monday night against Cincinnati, which they should dominate that game. Home against Baltimore, at the Chargers of Philip Rivers and Company. Then they have the bye week. Then another Monday night game, however, mind you, against Miami. And of course, the last time they played Miami in the rain, that was one of the worst sloppy games I ever went to see. It was a 3 nothing game, by the way. And it was really sluggish that night, I remember. It was similar to what it's going to be like, I'm sure, in late October when the Dolphins come here in Pittsburgh. Then five days later, the Colts come here. Then the week after, the Rams come here. So they got a big, brutal stretch, however, where uh, six of seven games, however, from the 30th, however, until 
the 10th of November. They're home, so that kind of favors them. But then they kind of pay for it in the end, Howard, and I'll tell you why. The 14th hour is a short week, Howard, after the Rams game. They go to Cleveland. That's going to be a very tough game. At Cincinnati, right before Thanksgiving, Howard, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, home against Cleveland, which is a late game, which isn't too bad. Then they go to Arizona, Pittsburgh, West, if you will, which is represented by the Steel Nation out there in uh, Glendale. That's going to be interesting. Home against Buffalo on my birthday. Then they face the bad boy of the league, Le'Veon Bell and the New York Jets, who might crash and burn, no pun intended, probably by that time be in last place and maybe have the worst league record in the league by far. And then they go to Baltimore. So, folks, looking ahead from the 14th of November until the December 29th hour, looking ahead at that hour, five of their final seven games, Howard, basically are away. And that's tricky compared to what it is early in the year. And like I said to Mike earlier when he was on the line with us, Howard, they're going to have a tough schedule this year. They really are. Now, speaking of tough, Howard, let's take a look, Howard, at some other teams real quick. First off, let's take a look in the NFC, Howard, and take a look, Howard, at the Carolina Panthers, our good friend Mr. WCW's team, Chad Hinshaw, that is, and tell you what their schedule looks like. They open up at Chicago in the preseason, then they're home against Buffalo, Howard, and also they play Pittsburgh at home, but they also have to go to New England. However, they open up the regular season at home against the Rams. That's going to be tricky. Then they, of course, play Tampa at home, which is pretty good. Then they head to Arizona, Houston the following two weeks. Home against Jacksonville at Tampa again, this time in London, early in the morning, at 9.30 in the morning, however, which is pretty crazy. Then they get the bye the same week the Steelers do. But then the following Sunday, they're at San Francisco, home against Tennessee, at Green Bay, home against Atlanta, um... I believe they're home at the Saints on Thanksgiving night, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's what I had heard. Then home against your boys, John, however, in Charlotte. You boys will have to travel down to uh, uh, Charlotte for that game. Then Atlanta, home against Seattle on my birthday. Then they close it out at Indy, and then home against Orange. So I'll tell you right now, if Cam stays healthy, if Cam stays healthy, I think the, the Panthers could go easily, possibly. 13-3, and three. but I'm telling you right now, I think with that schedule, they're going to go possibly 11-5. and five. I really do. Maybe 12-4. and four. We'll have to wait and see. But speaking of Tampa, folks, let's talk about our good friend Anel Patel's team, Howard, and tell you what their schedule looks like, folks. As we said, Howard, they open up the home preseason, however, against the Dolphins and Cleveland, but they have to go to Pittsburgh and Dallas in between those two. Then they open up the home season against Frisco at Carolina on a short week. Home against the Giants, which they should dominate. Then they go to the Rams. That's going to be a tricky game. At the Saints, Tower, facing Carolina in London, they have to go all the way from New Orleans, Tower. In fact, you talk about a brutal three-week stretch, folks. They go from, actually, four-week stretch, my mistake, from, no, I, I stand corrected, five-week stretch. You ready for this, guys? They open up on the 8th, okay. Four days later, they're, they're back home against Charlotte. I, I, I made a mistake. They're home against Charlotte. But then, from the 22nd to the 13th, you talk about a big four-week window. You have to go to Tampa, up to L.A., down to New Orleans, all the way to over to England. Then you get the five. Then you've got to play at Nashville and Tennessee. At Tennessee and Nashville. Hard. Then you play, however, back home, however, the 10th of November. You're not back home till early November. That is a tough Tough five-week window you're in, not counting the box. Then you have a couple games at home with Arizona and North, which is pretty good. Then you go to Atlanta, to Jacksonville, home against Indy, 
at Detroit, home against Houston on Saturday night, which will probably be Saturday afternoon, Saturday night game, right before Christmas, and then you close out the home season against Atlanta. The Bucks, in my opinion, how are going to go seven and nine this year, or maybe six and ten. Mark my words. Bruce Arians has got to control that team, however, especially with Jameis Winston. If he doesn't, however, they're going to go five and one. But I'm telling you right now, I think that team can go six and ten, maybe seven and nine this year. That's five, but we'll see. Though. Right now, it's about quarter to five, ladies and gentlemen, however. We're going to be wrapping up things here relatively shortly. However, let's give you the number again, one six zero five five six two zero one three eight seven four four pound ladies and gentlemen. You can join us right now till 5 o'clock, the Union Suplex Machine and the Iceman here. We were expecting, hopefully, the King of Kings, ladies and gentlemen, along with, of all people, ladies and gentlemen, the Queen, however, herself. Unfortunately, however, ladies and gentlemen, that is not the case. However, they have not joined us today. We were also hoping to hear from Mr. WCW himself today, but unfortunately, due to circumstances of our control, unless he comes in at the last minute, however, we will be hearing from him later on this week, of course, and let you know what's going on there. Also, don't forget next week, ladies and gentlemen, how we will give you our afterthoughts, ladies and gentlemen, however, as far as what happens as far as stomping grounds go, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk about that, ladies and gentlemen, and then, of course, we'll get you all set up for Extreme Rules, however, ladies and gentlemen, as far as that goes. Also, ladies and gentlemen, next week, however, we're going to have a surprise, and so what that surprise is, I'm not saying what it is yet, but uh, I'll have to tell you right now, it's going to be very interesting. However, I can tell you this, though, ladies and gentlemen, I have been hearing reports, however, and this is what I've heard so far, ladies and gentlemen, according to reports, however, there has been discussion already, ladies and gentlemen, and John, I know, has heard the same thing I have heard, ladies and gentlemen, however. There has been some serious discussion right now about the WWE possibly maybe naming Shane McMahon the next heavyweight champion. Whether or not that will be true or not, I really don't know. I hope not, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. In fact, earlier today, however, on YouTube, however, I was in a solo monster, however, ladies and gentlemen, and he already talked about it in a 12-minute video and said, the Shane McMahon overkill is ruining SmackDown and Raw. I I would definitely agree with that. I would definitely 100% back that up in a heartbeat. I do think that is what's really hurting the network right now. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Also, he talked about how AEW uh, sold out, however, believe it or not, in Chicago over the past week. In just under 15 minutes. 15 minutes, folks. That's pretty darn good, however compared to what WWE is doing with Stomping Grounds. And like I said, folks, we hope that Stomping Grounds is a very successful show. But again, we don't really know if that'll be a success or not. I do, uh, I can only start to think, but folks, I do know for a fact that Joe Cronin will be talking about on his show today, however, about uh, the ticket sales for, uh, like I said, Stomping Grounds right now is having a tough time. I do know that the Solo Monster did talk about it, along with other people, and John mentioned, of course, in his video, ladies and gentlemen, about how bad WWE ticket sales were going for uh, stomping grounds, if you will, however. And, of course, as we said, ladies and gentlemen, it is this Sunday live on the WWE Network, beginning at 7 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, live, however, from Tacoma, Washington, at the Tacoma Dome. And, of course, next Monday, folks, we will be at the Angel of the Winds Arena, ladies and gentlemen, just outside of... Uh, uh, Tacoma and near Seattle, ladies and gentlemen, in the tiny town of Everett, Washington. And then next Tuesday, folks, we head down to Portland, folks. Yes, Portland, Oregon, the Rose City, ladies and gentlemen, the home of Voodoo Donuts, if you will, and of course, uh, the Beavers, if you will, and Nike, ladies and gentlemen, in Oregon, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, John, I'll be right back. If you want to discuss something else, go right ahead. I'll be back in about two seconds. All right. Oh. Uh oh. Oh boy. 
He's here, folks. Chad Henshaw is here. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Back in America, back in back in the red, white, and blue, and back, of course, right here on Raw Radio. I'm back. Okay. Hi. Betty, we have a guest. What's that? We have someone here. Oh, okay. Apparently, we have someone with us right now, ladies and gentlemen. So, I don't think uh, I have to introduce this person already first. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, you can only mean one thing, ladies and gentlemen. And we will have him on for a couple seconds as we are winding down things here in the late hours. Let us welcome him now, ladies and gentlemen. He is Rick Flair's party neighbor, ladies and gentlemen, and of course, the man who wants to go woo all night long, ladies and gentlemen. He is the man himself, Mr. WCW himself, Mr. Chad Inshaw. Chad, welcome to 194. Uh, I feel like I'm in a bowling alley. Uh, well, it's on, on his remote location, and we've already got uh, yeah. that's what. And we, yeah. uh, also, we, also, uh, we also, as uh, John would have vouched for us today, we had two new callers today. We had Greg and his son Ty calling, and we had our uh, caller from last week, Mike, calling us for a few minutes. However, we, we of course, probably going to hear from the Rouse taking out Patel, as well as the King and Queen of Madness. Unfortunately, they did not join us. And our good friend, of course, the Heartbreak Kid, is out of action for this week. He will be returning to this show uh, in the studio. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Hold on one second. Okay. Well, John, well, uh, like I said, uh, Chad is taking care of that, folks. However, we also want to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, as we said, however, like I said, a lot of other things going on, of course, in the world of pro wrestling, of course, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, one of the things I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, however, is one of the new Facebook pages sponsored by our own Mr. WCW himself called Bulldog Sales, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to check that out on FacebookLive.com, ladies and gentlemen. Bulldog Sales, all your DVD uh, needs, however, tell them J.D. the Iceman sent you to Bulldog Sales. And, uh, John, I'm sure you heard about this, however. There's a report going around saying that WWE is considering, however, that they want an Emmy, believe it or not. I don't know why, but they said that they want to, apparently, however, as far as... So, uh, oh, come a, on. I know, that's what I said, too. I thought that was kind of bogus, if you ask me, too. Uh, but, like I said, we are going to try, uh, hopefully, uh, stay on past the 5 o'clock hour, if we can, here, ladies and gentlemen. We are efforting as we speak, ladies and gentlemen. And as we said, we are going to be hopefully hearing back here in just a few mere moments from now from Mr. WCW himself here, ladies and gentlemen. So that's that's right. here with you on there. Yeah. Okay, he is now back with us now, so we welcome him in now to 194. Uh, Chad, as we said earlier today, we had a lot to talk about. We did mention the glory of Vanderbilt story, of course, one of the stories there, but the other stories, of course, going on, of course, is, of course, what happens, is happening tonight on Raw. We understand there will be a fatal five-way to see who will be crowned the new number one contender for the U.S. title, however, it will be Ricochet taking on Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, The Miz, and Cesaro. And also, we know that tonight, Baron Corbin will be naming the guest referee. Uh, let's get your thoughts on these two stories heading into tonight here in Los Angeles. Uh, well, first off, I mean, at least at least for the most part, the United States Championship is getting the notoriety that it, that it had from a, from a long time ago. So I'm glad I'm glad that they're 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 probably focusing on that little aspect of it, aspect of of, uh, of wrestling culture there, which is good. Uh, as for Braun Strowman, I, I mean not Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, <clears throat> Baron Corbin can as as and as opposed to any story, of course that we talk about here involving Baron Corbin. I know that's part of, of course, our wrestling talk, of course. But I think I think 
JDU, John, and everybody, of course, on the panel, I uh, can pretty much uh, can pretty much agree that uh, that Baron Corbin can just kiss our kiss our big butts. You know what I mean? Because I mean, because I don't really give a darn about what 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 they do with him because what they need to do with him is just stick him back under the rug and put him and put put him back on a lower lower teal sort of thing, uh, and then. But but obviously not. But he, like you said, he's kissing so much, so much backside and all that. He feels he's got a name. So I mean, but more. Well, let me ask you. Let thing. me ask you this, Howard. Before you get into telling us what we're expecting this week, however, uh, we know that tonight he will name a special guest referee. John thinks, however, it was going to be Howard Shane McMahon. Who do you think that Corbin is going to name the guest referee? I'm thinking it's going to be Paul Heyman. Could be Corbin himself. Yeah. Could be. You never know. Could be, could be Corbin but, himself because I mean, I mean, I mean, who, who, I mean, why would he give somebody else that luxury? Yeah, you're right. So, it's yeah. not opinion. It's not opinion. I'm sorry. No, you're right. But we'll see what happens. Uh, however, I understand, however, believe it or not, you've got some big news pertaining to this week, however, including this Sunday, so we will let you have the floor. Hopefully we can get this past 5 o'clock if we can, but if not, uh, we're sorry, folks. We tried our best here, but we're going to try to go past the 5 o'clock hour here before we wind things up here this afternoon. So uh, we'll leave the floor to you once again. Chad, go right ahead. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Roger, J.D. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, this is Monday, June 17, 2019. Mr. WWS Chad Henshaw here on episode 194 of WWS Raw Radio. Uh, just give you a quick summary, of course. Don't forget to, take, to check out uh, tomorrow night's edition of Revolution live video feed from WWS WDW Alliance. We'll be talking about, of course, in addition to the news and news always, we'll also be talking about what happened, what will, what will happen, obviously, tonight on Monday Night Raw, plus some other things will be coming up as well. Wednesday's edition of Revolution will be from WWF US, the old school tradition. We'll be talking about what took place, of course, on, uh, on what will take place tomorrow night on SmackDown on Wednesday night. Also, of course, Thursday's NWO Wolfpack, our live video feed will be from AWA US, History Lives. Uh, music Views, History and Birthdays, and other uh, big time talks. Plus, also, of course, uh, we'll also start getting predictions in for uh, WWE Stomping Grounds coming up this Sunday. So be sure to listen in on that. Uh, 138-055 pound for Revolution. 138-521 pound for NWA Wolfpack. Uh, Friday's edition of Revolution, a live video feed will be from ROHUS, Honor of the Ring. Uh, news and views, history and birthdays. Of course, we'll get more predictions in from the first stomping grounds and also some other big downloads and talk here as well. So be sure to check that out indeed. Uh, don't forget also Wrestling Revisited tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, 139-926-POUND. Uh, wrestling uh, Outside the Ropes, of course, Wednesday night at 6.30, 141-387-POUND. And Wrestling Debate uh, at 8 o'clock Wednesday night, uh, 139-925-POUND. Uh, also, don't forget Power Hour this Saturday evening at 6 o'clock, 141-364-POUND. <clears throat> And we're, of course, uncertain about if whether or not we'll be having a match, of course, uh, on Wrestling Championship Challenge Saturday night. We'll keep everybody informed of that. Uh, <clears throat> also, don't forget our special prediction show, special edition of Revolution, uh, coming up here this Sunday at 5 o'clock with, of course, our thoughts and predictions on Stomping Grounds. Uh, our live video feed will be from WWUS Network News. Be sure to check, out, check that out. One thing I forgot to say about Friday's Revolution, don't forget also, 
we, we moved this from this past uh, Friday because of, of, of a prior commitment, may, uh, prior commitment by one of the uh, contenders. Uh, the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, will be coming on to defend her NJPWUS Bullet Club Championship against Danny from Oak Park. So be sure to listen in on that, of course, this Friday night here as well. And like I said, folks, uh, we'll be naming, of course, coming up here while, while also checking it out. We'll keep you informed as to what belts will be will be used for our prediction title challenge for Stomping Grounds this coming Sunday. So be sure to listen in for that, of course. And all of our shows here in the radio network, be sure to check all that out, of course, as always, of course, on TalkShoe.com, also all of our groups on Facebook. And also, of course, uh, also we have several videos now on YouTube you can also check out as well. Uh, be sure to listen in and check it, check out all that there as well. In the meantime, folks, this is Mr. WWS Chad Henshaw saying thank you very much. And let's turn things back over here to the man who actually, I uh, hate to say it on the air, ladies and gentlemen, but sadly he gave he, he, he pranced around in a song for his dad for Father's Day yesterday. The Ice Man, Charity George. <laughs> yes, thank you very much, Chad. I, okay, I, wish I, did. I wish I did. But to all the dads out there, uh, definitely a very special happy Dad's Day. And also a very special happy birthday also goes out to my mother who had a birthday yesterday too. So happy birthday, however, as well. So thank you very much. Yes, let's give you the number one more time before we wrap things up here. one six zero five five six two zero four 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 one three seven. Four, four pound. Of course, Mr. WCW, myself, and of course, the human suplex machine joining us now here in the late hours. Of course, we do want to thank, before we continue on, our callers today, Greg and Ty from the North Hills of Pittsburgh, and also our uh, second, for the second time in two weeks, our caller from the South Hills, Mike, from the South Hills of Pittsburgh as well. Gentlemen, it's that time of day, Howard, and it's time for the Raw Ratings and Predictions Hour. Last week, we saw what happened with 1.5. John, I will let you go first, Tower, and then, of course, Chad will go next, ball by me, Howard. Hopefully, we have time to get all this in. So, John, I ask you here now, can Raw respond, Howard, with a 1.5 rating after last week? What do they do tonight in L.A.? I don't know if they can, but the main event's going to be a fatal five-way, and if, they, right. and if I'm being honest, I think they might go up. 1.7. All right, 1.7. You know what? I'm going to say the same, too. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Yes, we're listening. I'm out. Like sauerkraut. All right. All right. All right, John, we'll catch up with you later this evening. And again, See you all later. PM. See you later. Don't forget, tonight at 11 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, John will be live on Facebook.com. Okay. He will have a lot to talk about tonight, including possibly the U.S. Open, as well as the big Anthony Davis trade, however, if you will. But also, folks, he'll be focusing on tonight's Money at Raw from La La Land, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. And hopefully it'll be a good show. He'll also give you his stomping ground early predictions. Of course, I will be on the Chris Peeps show, however, with a Z, with hopefully our good friend, of course, None other than the mouse thinking Alba Taylor, our good friend, the Friday night tonight, Danny from Oak Park, Chris Peeps and his friends, including Arcane, Shamir, DJ from FLA, however, TJ Banks, however, Jake the Woken, Jay Cutson, and the rest of the panel as well. So that will be coming up later on this evening. Chad, you have the final word now, however, as far as tonight goes. What does Raw do tonight? Can they respond going into stomping grounds considering the ticket sales have not been strong? What is your thoughts tonight? Well, they're going to have to do something like say with a pay-per-view coming up here. They're going to have to come out here and show why they deserve to be, you know, deserve to come out there and and you know show show the fans what they're all about. Just like with every other pay-per-view, regardless of if it's one of the four major ones or if it's a small one like this, they're going to have to do something. They're going to, have to do something big time. 
Uh, I would have to agree with John. I would say the, the main event has got to be the Fatal Five way for the U.S. title. I mean, if they're smart, they'll do that. But obviously, as we've known many, many times in the past, that is not the case. But I would say that would be that should be the main event, in my personal opinion. So I'm going to stick with that. And as for, of course, as for uh, uh, ratings, as I said before, I mean, this this match, I will give one credit, even though this match hasn't happened yet. It does bring some prestige back to the uh, United States title, which, of course, has been around for many, many years. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, so it, it's good to see that. I think that will probably kind of help a little bit, but it may not, it may not, it may not, I, I, I'll talk in a minute. Uh, yeah. It may not completely, you know, it may not completely get, give, you know, WWE what it needs for that big push. But um, they shouldn't have too much of a distractions here. So, therefore, what I'm just going to simply just flat out say, it helps out a little bit, but I'm not going to hold my breath and make any promises. I'm going to say 1.6. All right, so one six. All right, so there you have it, folks. Those are our thoughts, Howard. And again, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a big week lined up for you next week. Of course, we'll talk more about the aftermath, of course, from Stomping Grounds. Get you all started for Extreme Rules. Again, we do want to thank our good callers today, Bill and uh, our Mike from the South Hills of Pittsburgh, and also Greg and Ty from the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Howard. Uh, next week, we will have the Heartbreak Kid with us and the rest of the gang as well, hopefully back together again. So, folks, we are now down to the final five. We're going into the final five, ladies and gentlemen. Howard, next week will be episode number 195 of, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, Raw Radio. It'll be a very exciting time. You can bet we're going to have a lot to say about that, ladies and gentlemen, as well. So, folks, we hope you enjoy Raw tonight. Be safe and be careful out there, Howard, especially this week with the weather and heat and humidity. I know it's been very unbearable for most people. It's been cool in other areas as well. But be safe and be careful and use your common head and judgment at the same time as well. And as we take you out tonight, Howard, we're going to have a little uh, 80s theme for you, Howard, ladies and gentlemen. This is from the movie Private School from 1983, ladies and gentlemen. It is Bill Ray with three simple words. She said no. And no, we're not saying anything bad about the girl. But uh, this is one of the themes from that movie. So let's play it for you as we close it out this evening. So for now, ladies and gentlemen, along with Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw, along with the Human Suplex Machine, and from the rest of our callers, including Greg and Ty from the North Hills and Mike from the South Hills, this is the Iceman saying so long from ringside, and we'll talk to you again later on this week, and again next Monday, back here at Raw Radio for episode 195 uh, with our show. So for now, here's our closing theme for the evening.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.